The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Once again, to the Voice Wrestling Podcast, I'm Rich Crash alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Lanz. And Joe, it's, uh, it's been an exciting day of LMB trade deadlines, and I think this is kind of a weird time to mention to you that you've actually been traded. So you're going to TNA Mecca, so I know they're going to enjoy you there. Well, I know that Dirty Dirty Sheets was making a strong play for me. They were, uh, yeah. They were they enough. were in, but they it, it was it was a last-second thing. I, I, I they, they put the offer in, I went back to TNA Mecca, and I said, okay, what can you do for me? You know, are you going to dangle it? You know, is Big Dog going to be involved in this? Is, you know... Obviously, you can't get Big Dog. That's insane. Like, that's, you know, that's a top guy. I mean, you, you don't just go and get Big Dog. I mean, so it, it was it was hard. It, it was not easy. But, yeah, Tina and Mecca put out the best. Um, I wasn't even moved for Big Dog? They wouldn't give up Big Dog. I tried. So the bark of the dog will not become in the voice of wrestling? <laughs> now, I know. I know. Uh, I, 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 I tried. I'm telling you, man. I, I, I You know, I know Dirty Dirty Sheets offered uh, cash considerations and a feminist to be named later. <laughs> but I, I and a T-shirt, yeah. So I guess all women T-shirts. I, I, I don't, I, I guess you, you could have done better than that. But I mean, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. insulted at you. At least in, I thought the market was gonna be a lot better for you, Joe. I really did. But, but because you're a known sexist, it became a lot harder for you to move. You, so. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of our, you know, our, our, our European and our non-baseball fan no listeners have about, yeah. no idea what we're going on about. But uh, today was the baseball trade deadline. And uh, there was a lot of players to be named later and cash considerations being moved about in the world of Major League Baseball. So, uh, 
And Warren Taylor, he uh, he had that big, you know, because he did the article this week that, that got a lot of buzz about, you know, keeping in the bleachers and about fans, you know, it, it, tagging people on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. So I buttered him up and I got him out of there at peak value. So he's at WrestleZone now. So I, I'm i sorry that he went to WrestleZone. I, I, it's... Did we get Justin Labar back? For... We uh, we did not, no. You know, you, you, I'm not a very you're good. You're a terrible I'm, GM. I'm you, you never get back the uh, the top prospects from these other <laughs> I sites. You, I try. You, you, you didn't bring in Bark of the Dog, which is which is a huge draw. And you didn't get uh, Labar from WrestleZone. I mean, geez, well, what, what are you I doing? Mean, you're just you're not even getting the top names here. It's just ridiculous. You're almost as bad as Ruben Amaro Jr. No, I'm not that bad. Well, okay, now you... we've officially, now officially nobody has anything <laughs> to talk about. So. At least you made some moves, unlike Ruben Amaro. Right, yeah, I, at least I'm shaking it up a little bit here. You know, we're getting stale, we're getting stagnant. So, okay, let's get into stuff. We've got a lot to talk about here. We're going to talk about um, G1 Climax after the update. Uh, day five, we have both watched. We have not watched day six, unfortunately, so we're not going to talk... A ton about that, but we'll talk about days five, uh, what's coming up. We have a few shows this weekend as well. Um, obviously, the big news today is the WWE uh, quarter two results, uh, financial results. We're not going to go into too insane of details there because there's a lot of other good resources, mostly Chris Harrington and, and David Bixenspan, who have done a great job sort of covering that on their respective sites. Who, by the way, they got traded today too. Did you see that? That was a I did not. Mookie goes to Bleacher Report. Bixenspan is going to what culture? It's a really huge trade, yeah. And And... Harrington's still going to play out a few more games at What Culture, but we're not sure how long it. Uh, a big shakeup. The tenuous relationship is going to be so huge shakeups among the the wrestling journalism world. But no, they they're covering it on in the, the real sort of deep down details that you really need to get into. But we're going to talk about a few of the things, main points, that sort of stuff. Uh, Dragon Gate announced a few more iPay per views on Ustream, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, WWE Magazine, uh, there's big news that uh, October 14th is going to be their last issue published by WWE, so we're going to talk a little bit about the history of print magazines and wrestling, our thoughts about that and all that sort of stuff. So what do you want to get into first here? We got a plenty to go though. And somebody wanted to know what your favorite Italian dish is. Maybe let's get that out of the way. Wait, they wanted to know Joe Lanza's favorite Italian dish? I, they just asked for both of us. Favorite Italian dishes. I'm looking at the, the, the questions here. That's a serious question. Uh, it is, yeah. So what else would you like to have us covered on tonight's podcast? And uh, Keith Crusher 99 says favorite Italian dishes. So I, you know, I, as, That could take three hours in itself. As an Italian man. <laughs> With, uh, say, with Italian uh, grandmothers, and you can cook, and you can a cook. and as a man who can who can cook a bit of an Italian meal himself, you know, I, you know, I'm known for the famous Joe Lanza sausage and peppers. Okay, I make a, a very nice. That's sausage what's going to be served at the WrestleMania party, which isn't going to happen because nobody went perfect in the G1. Yeah. So no one even made it to intermission of night one of the G1 <laughs> pool uh, undefeated. So no one's coming over here for WrestleMania. And no tens on bronze statues either. Unfortunately, nobody got everyone right. I th there are a few people that still have zero, but it's just because they didn't. Uh, because they want someone to get a loophole and say, well, I didn't fill it out, so I got a zero. So give me the 10 gold statue so it'll it'll sit in my uh, living room until yeah. the end no, of time. No but... one even made it to intermission on either count. No. So, and never will. But, uh, yeah, you know, you know, the Jolanta sausage and peppers are nice. You know, I, I, I like a nice big ziti. I, I, I like a nice lasagna. But I tell you, it's got to be meatless lasagna. I, I can't get with the meat in the lasagna. I don't like, I, yeah, I, like the ground beef. It's, nah, it's that's I hate. good. That's, I'm not a big lasagna I, fan gotta, gotta, in general. Hey, listen, I like a nice lasagna. You know, lasagna's tricky. Everyone thinks they can make a lasagna. But you can't. Listen, you can't. It's, it's something you, you really have you to have. You can't just lay some ricotta cheese and a yeah, two freaking lasagna. Yeah, you know, lasagna. everyone yeah, thinks no. they can do the More layers. Look, you got you to gotta know what you're doing if you're going to make a nice lasagna. You know what I mean? So, uh, but you know, yeah, listen, it, it, as long as you got a little wrinkled old Italian lady making it, you know, you can't go wrong with any Italian meal. You really can't. You really can't. Okay. You can't go wrong as long as you got a little old, uh, wrinkly Italian lady. And, and, and one of my fears in life is old people skin. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds really cruel, but you know, some people are afraid of clowns. Some people are afraid of snakes. 
Joe Lanza, <laughs> I'm afraid of old people skin. You know, like when my old people skin, like touching you like or the, falling the, off, the look or and the feel of old people skin. You know, it's wrinkly. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's uh, very. What about the smell? They have a they have a odor. Ah, you know, I can, it's, I mean, not it's particularly it's, fond of. It's just the the old people skin. I don't know if that's an official phobia, if there's a name for that, but you know, like my grandmother comes near me, she wants to hug me. It's like I can't. Oh, I'm fixated on the skin. I'm all creeped out. Your, your grandma's still alive? I, How the hell is I she? I do have a grandmother who's still alive. She's uh, let's see, she's in. You know, she's out of her. She's batshit crazy. She, One eight is she, 110 years old. She wouldn't know my name if I walked in the room. I'll be honest, but I mean, she's uh, she's got to be in her 90s. I, I'd say she's in her 90s, but she, like I said, she's batshit crazy. She don't know what's going on. And I keep getting these every couple of weeks. I get these checks in the mail. Uh, <laughs> For your college? Like, no, no, no. Like I get these like significantly large, like a couple hundred, a uh, couple thousand, couple hundred. Like these random checks come in the mail because. Uh, you know, my father and all my uncles, you know, they've been, uh, you know, skirting the government and li and liquidating her funds before she dies. Oh, good. So that oh no, that's actually a good idea. Right, no, that, right. That's so it's it's a little underhanded, but when and they're sending no, no. the grandkids their our money now. You know what I mean? It's the way to do it. No, I've had so, uh, and, and this is getting real topical and not about wrestling at all. But no, I've had like my my grandma would when they got to her funds or whatever and put it all because she's in a retirement home or whatever. And yeah, it's like nobody got anything. My parents got zero. It's just like they just took her house, all that sort of stuff. You can't do that. You got to. Yeah. And now we get calls of, hey, how are you going to pay for her funeral? And we're like, well, she had a funeral fund. They're like, no, we took that. It's like, oh, good. All right. Well, yeah. So I, I, so, yeah. I, keep, getting, I keep getting these weird phone calls from, you know, my, my, my old man and my uncles. And they're like, yeah, you know, uh, you got a check coming. Make sure you cash it before such and such a date. Get it in the bank. My mom already told me to do that. She's already said she's got a secret so, fund um, for me. So, so yeah. I just got to find that fund. And then uh, Voice of Wrestling will uh, get <laughs> severely upgraded. So. Uh, so there you go. Uh, very nice. But uh, yeah. The morbid section of. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Death sausage and peppers is the is the go-to. Listen, like, if so. I'm making it, I, I I like to go. I like to make the sausage and peppers. I probably make that at least. Uh, you know. So is there any sauce involved in that, or is it just a cut up? Yeah, in the, in you, the... you can do it with sauce. There's a couple different okay. ways you can do it. Well, what's the lens? I what's the what's I can go the either lens? way. I can oh, I can make it with a marinara if you want. You know what I mean? But the key, I like it spicy. Oh yeah. You know, I I gotta have it spicy. I I you know I don't. I'm not one of these people who 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 eat. I cannot eat bland food. I can't do it. So it's it's whether it's Italian food, whether it's uh, whether it's Chinese food. You know, it, it's got to be spicy. It's got to be spicy for me. Not to the point where it's just heat for the sake of heat, where you're burning. Your yeah, mouth. that's when it gets ridiculous. Like it, habanero pepper. Right, right. Stuff. Yeah, like, like you know the the pepper heads. Those people are weird. I'm I'm talking you know where where it adds a nice flavor to it. You know, so you you, you know it's got to be spicy too. But uh, there you go. So, <laughs> as a matter of fact, we got a new uh, – they just put a new pizza joint uh, a couple blocks oh. over from me, which is always a risky proposition. Pizza, right, sure because it's a, all yeah, awful. Notch, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, they, it, it, the, the places that claim they have good New York-style pizza, you know, it's all a reasonable facsimile, but it's not really any good. So I, I got to give these guys a shot a couple blocks over, you know, and, uh, and, and, and see if they, if they, what they can bring to the table. My expectations obviously are not high. But uh, we'll see what we can do. Well, good luck with I that. It's kind of like you, you know. It's like you know, you got the Chicago. You know, Sonic sells Chicago-style hot dogs. Which oh you yeah, just yeah. Must roll your eyes. You know? I can't imagine what they taste like. I've, of course, never had one because every place, every like two blocks, there's like ten places that sell hot. Dogs. So there's no. I mean, like I would never get a hot dog at like any place besides you know the, like a hole in the wall place like that. So no, yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous when I see. Well, that. if you want Mexican food, I'm your guy. There's plenty of Mexican okay. food down here. That's good. We we got a solid state of Mexican food here too, Chicago. So, good little areas. I don't like Chicago deep dish pizza though. 
which sucks because and now we're just I'm just gonna get it, but, but we'll get on. We'll, we'll move so on. you're not a deep dish pizza fan. Well, no, everybody assumes that like all we eat in Chicago is like deep dish pizza or whatever. We have like a very good like thin crust pizza. It's not you know it's not as thin as like a New York style, but it's similar. It's 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 crispy ish. It's it, you know how you because you guys have the giant slices and we have like the you know the checkerboard slices and that sort of stuff. And it's it's really good stuff. And there's a ton of places that I recommend to people. And everybody comes here and they're like, I gotta eat Giordano's. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, don't go eat deep dish. It's garbage. It's just like you eat a slice and it's like a pit in your stomach because you just ate like a pound of cheese and. No. Well, the New York, New Jersey style. Uh, thin crust is a floppy crust. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, the Chicago thin crust crispy. is more we do of a crispy, crispy crust. So yeah. there's a, there, that's kind of a big difference, wouldn't you say? But I do, I do like it a little bit undercooked. When, when I order, I do ask for the undercooked. So I feel like I would like. I, I've never really had a true Lanza-approved New York or New Jersey oh, style. Got to get out there, I'll tell you. But I, I want to. I, I do. I feel like I would enjoy it. So yeah. okay, I can't even figure out a segue. Um, Way off topic. You know what I enjoyed? What'd you enjoy? Day five of the G1 Climax. Uh, okay. You know what I've enjoyed? All of the G1 uh, Climax. Let's talk about that first. <laughs> that was a terrible segue. Well, I was going to have a talk- – uh, well, you know, I was going to come in with a real hot take for this show and uh, and say that, you know, through five nights that this G1 was uh, was actually beating last year's G1. But mm-hmm. that's the consensus opinion. Yeah, I'm a just, lot of people have said that. I'm yeah. just preaching thought- to the choir. I mean, just really – that's not really a hot take at all. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, by now, through five nights – we had a stinker or two last year, and that hasn't been the case this year. And, and what we were really lacking the last time – I don't know how many shows were done the last time we, we talked about it. But what we were lacking were, were, were big-time match-of-the-year level contender bouts. But now that we've had those as part of the mix mm-hmm. here, you know, top to bottom, these shows have been better than last year, which is unthinkable. I, you know, it's unfathomable. It's, it's hard to – yeah, it's hard to really – because – and we even mentioned that month was like, you know, that we said that I, I wrote an article that, that August 2013 was, you know, the best month of wrestling history and looked at star ratings and that sort of stuff. And it, and it checked out. And just like it, it, you just didn't think anything could possibly top that month, especially that G1. But I, I think overall and, – and maybe I – th- I don't know if we have quite as many um, – like amazing matches. I think we've had a few good, really, 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 really good matches. I don't think we've had the the total like amazing, you know. In that one, there was. I mean, if you think back to last year, I think one. Well, one of the issues too is that we've had by this time we had already done a number of shows. I mean, we're two weeks in now to the G one, and we had already seen pretty much all the. Ma- I mean, all the shows. So we sort of had the everything. But as you mentioned, through day five, if you take it through day five, even day six, which we haven't watched, but you can kind of take it through that. The total of it, though, I mean, not. Not that there's these amazing blowaway matches on every single show, but overall, I think that every single match has been more entertaining. Where there was a there was a decent amount of stinkers, and there were full you know show stinkers as you mentioned. Whereas this year, everything has been pretty good, and I think one of the reasons is, and we talked about it on last week's podcast or the one we did this Sunday, is the fact that every guy has a story makes every match feel important. Makes it there, there's something different about every single match. Where in a Shelton Benjamin or a Tenzon match last year was nothing. Now this year it's something. It feels you're engaged with it a little bit, which I think is helping. I don't know if the match quality is quite. It's it's weird because yeah, I'm, I'm sort of having the same thought too, but I can't really put my finger on why it is exactly. Well, I that just way. think I I just think this year top to bottom. Uh... Everything has been stronger top to bottom. Where mm-hmm. you know you can probably argue, is the top level stuff from this year as good or better than the top level stuff from last year? But here's the other thing you got to keep in mind too: we're only halfway through. There's right. there's six more shows, which is ridiculous. So the best is possibly in front of us, and we've already had two shows that are serious uh, best show of the year contenders. And another show which got some of that buzz, you know, night one also got some mm-hmm. of that buzz, but I think has been blown away uh, by some of the other nights uh, since. 
So there's two shows here that have serious show of the year contender buzz. I'm not sure if there's a match of the year, but you know, there's stuff that's really close. Um, Shibata Tanahashi was a fantastic match. That was match. so good. And from that same night, Ishii Hanma was a fantastic match. So, you know, and, 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 you know, night one, and then later on, uh, night five had, you know, you know, three or four or even five four star better matches as well. So, uh, I think we talked about nights one through four. We did, yes. Because night four was the, was just the the awesome blowaway show, and then which I've had time to watch now. And yeah, I I had only watched half of it by the time we recorded, but sure. I, I I immediately when we were done, I watched the rest of it. And yeah, it was awesome. I mean that that the Tanahashi Shibata is it really stands out to me as as, as one of my top five matches so far this year one. And I don't know if it was quite match of the year contender, but it was so good, and it felt. I, I think you sort of mentioned that in uh, in your review in the podcast is that it was it felt less like a tournament match and more like a big match. Like you were, you were sort of all those other matches were a tournament. This was something more though. This was like a big giant, big event sort of match. And it felt that way. It really, really did. Yeah. And then they turn around with night five after people are saying that night four is one of the greatest shows of the year, maybe one of the greatest shows ever. And then night five is better. I mean, you know, it's, it's amazing. And then, you know, now we're, we're up to night six neither one of us watched it yet. And again, we're only halfway through. You know, and mm-hmm. they've, they've, they've booked a lot of the, the stronger stuff later in the tournament. I mean, it's, it's just completely insane um, how good this tournament has been. And uh, it really, you know, and... and so you, you, you would put day five over day four? I think... Yeah, I have it top to bottom. Much top to bottom. I have it very close second. I, I, I like day four a little bit better. And I had day five as a very, very close second. But I could, I could, I could really go either way. But you're, you're top solidly bottom, day five. Top to bottom, I think five was okay. I think five was better than four. I think five. I think both of them are show of the year contenders. I like five a little bit because top to bottom, I mean, um, you know, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Satoshi Kojima on the first half of the show. Um, you know, Ishi Ishi Gallows was uh, way better than it had any right to be. Um, and then the second half was just match after match. Uh, Shibata, Shelton, Benjamin, mm-hmm. Styles, Goto was a fantastic match. Styles, Goto match. was really good. Yeah. Me, I didn't think that was going to be as good. You know, that was Styles was getting all kinds of praise in this tournament that I thought he was good in the tournament. I didn't think he deserved the praise he was getting up until that match. The Goto match, to me, was the best Styles match so far. And now I can see, you know, now I put Styles up there in the upper echelon with your uh, Ishis and your Hanmas and your Shibatas mm-hmm. and your uh, Tanahashis, uh, as far as the, the 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 better performers in the tournament, that match really put over top for me. I like that match better than the Naito match. I liked it better than a lot better than the Yano match. I really love that Goto. And, you know, you know, Goto is cr- is always crippling. He's underrated. awesome. Yeah. I mean, the guy just delivers. I mean, he's so good. Um, Fale Tanahashi. I mean, Tanahashi worked his ass off to get Foley over in that match. He did a tremendous job. And as good a job as anybody's done the tournament since Ishii on the opening night. Can he, can he stop doing the high-five flow to the outside? To the floor? I mean, look, you know, my... You could just see him writhing in pain when it's done. It's just like, ah, oh, don't. <laughs> just, it's okay. It's all right. You could just, don't do it. It's all right. My stance is always pretty consistent. It's not my body. Yeah. They can do what they want. If they want to maim themselves, if they want to injure themselves... If they want to, you know, limp around for the last half of their lives, that's their prerogative. I mean, I'm not asking anybody to do that, but if that's what they choose to do with their bodies, you know, I'm not one of these people where, you know, um, sometimes you listen and and this is not a direct knock at all 
on 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 Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer because they obviously do a great job and 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 we're big fans, but they go a little overboard sometimes with that stuff where mm-hmm. uh, you know oh you know that chair shot or oh you know that bump oh my god especially Alvarez, Meltzer more with the chair shots, Alvarez more with you know they'll be okay a moderately dangerous looking bump nothing you know and he's going on and on this guy's never gonna be able to what I mean look it's not my body um it's it's not my body it's not my problem. Um, that, that sounds cold. We've talked about it before, but that's just the way I view it. You know, that this is how these men chose to make a living. Uh, they knew it wasn't, um, ballet and, uh, you know, they, you know, it's, it's look, he's got a bad back. If he wants to keep doing that high fly flow to floor, look, I cringe a little every time he does it, but you know, that's, it's his body, man. It's not my body. So that's kind of the way I always view that. Um, Nakamura Hanma was a tremendous match. Hanma, it's impossible for the guy not to have a great match. That was so good. And I think one of the great things about that too was when the match was over, he just got a huge standing ovation afterwards. I mean, the guy hasn't won and it's still, it, it doesn't matter. It's just like, no, and you know, the crowd just, I mean, they, I mean, and now he's coming out and he's getting the buzz and people are just adoring everything he does. And it's great. Cause he's, he's, he's been the MVP and, and people keep saying it. And we said it when he initially got replaced, and there was a lot of people screaming at the top saying, look, this guy is going to be fine. You know, people, oh, I'm disappointed about Ibushi. We didn't miss, we haven't missed a thing with Hanma in there. We, we've improved in a lot of ways, I think. Sure, completely agree. And I like, I love Ibushi too. And, and that's... It's just a completely different... So it's not a slight on him, but yeah. different dynamic. But, uh, you know, the Hanma got the chance after the match. And the thing about it is, I would love for WWE to find a way to get their fans behind anybody the way the New Japan fans are behind some of these guys, particularly Hanma. I mean, if they can find a way to get the fans behind Roman Reigns the way the fans are behind, I mean, then you know what I mean. It's just, it's, it's, and it, and in a lot of ways, it's unintentional with a guy like Hanma. He's just a jobber. The guy literally never wins. He's got great facials in the ring, though. He's so good. He's at He's awesome. That. I mean, he's tremendous. But he's, that, he's. I think that really does. I mean, he's very animated when he when when they kick out on a move that he thinks is going to be, you know, he's he's screaming and grabbing his head, and when he misses a headbutt, he, you know, he's holding. I mean, he's just so good at the little things that 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 really you feel for him. He's he's as we mentioned the thing that we always mentioned about Sami Zayn and, and El Generico, what made him the the top babyface in the world is that these guys you don't have to say a thing, you don't have to cut a single promo. It's just how you. How you conduct yourself in the ring, your facials, your, your your reactions, how you sort of he's just so good at all that little stuff that I think that really draws a lot of the crowd as well. Has a jobber ever in wrestling history ever been over to this level? <laughs> I don't think so. Like it's a it's a good question. I mean, I I don't think there's ever been and he's a strict the Barry Horowitz roll up. No, I uh He never wins. Right. Ever. He's when's the last time he won a match? Um, you know, even in the tags, he's always on, you know. Uh, the guy that gets beaten tag matches when he ta- when he teams with people. I mean, the guy never wins a match, and and he's just incredibly. It's it's Ishii all over again. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I don't you know I don't know where they're gonna go with him. I don't know what they're gonna do with him. I don't know if they're ever gonna push him. We've talked about the cloudy history that the guy has before. You know, with the Yakuza connections, he had to disappear for a while. You know what I mean? But you know they brought him back, so who knows? I mean, there's just some guys who they seem reluctant to to, to push. But I I don't know. Would he lose his charm if they pushed him? That's the other question. Uh, I kind of think so. Yeah. I don't know. If I still be the same. Yeah, I don't know because he's so good regardless. I don't know if it's the losing that really makes people. It def- I, I don't, I don't think... know. The losing definitely. The fact that he it never helps, wins yeah. definitely helps. And and you know. He's got that underdog charisma with that. Mm-hmm. But see, Ishii is getting pushed, but he, and he's still somehow retained 
that underdog quality about it. Uh, it could Hanma do that? I mean, would put would giving him a push kill his charm? I I don't know the answer to that. I'm trying to find your last uh, Hanma victory here. He, you probably got to go way back, way back. I mean, in May he was a part of a tag that, that at Dontaku Tag Nine that won, and that's yeah, that's that's all I can find. And then we're yeah. Oh, he beat uh, Tanaka on the Strong Style 42nd Anniversary Tour Tag Number One. I don't know. That's not a pay per view though. In terms of big pay per views, yeah, it's, you got to go way oh, so back. I'm not even going. You mean Show Tanaka? Yes, yeah. Not Masato. Oh, yeah, not Masato. Yes, no, sorry, sorry. Okay, so he, 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 yeah. he worked an opener. He beat the guy that never loses. <laughs> so his last win was against a young lion on an opener yeah. of a random house show. Who's never won, yeah. Right. So, I mean, um, the guy's a straight-up jobber. There's never been a jobber over to the extent of this guy. Never. Pay-per-view. The last pay-per-view win I could find is Jul- oh, that's, yeah, July of 2013. some eight-man tag or something. Yeah, and it's, it's an eight-man tag. It's, uh, it's Kushida, Nakanishi, Tiger Mask, and him versus Chaos. So. Sure. Way, way Yoshihashi back so. or something, probably. So yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Right, so there you go. So. Oh, it was a Jado, Jado uh, Shinsuke, and Yujiro. So I wonder who took the fall there. It was obviously Jado. So. <laughs> right, so. Uh, you yeah, know, I don't know. That's an interesting question about him. Because um, I think there's a rally behind the losing, but he's he's so good. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it would take a little bit of the lovable charm, but I, I still think he could find a way. I don't know. Well, I think what, what this, why uh, you know, aside from the in-ring, there's several other reasons that this year's tournament is better than last year's tournament. First of all, the booking up and down that we've discussed, everyone has their own little self-contained story, which wasn't the case last year. Um, another thing is we're seeing different guys get over as stars in this tournament, which they attempted with Naito last year, failed badly. And we'll get back to that theme in a minute because mm-hmm. you made a good point about Naito that I want you to get to. But yeah. first, I don't want to lose my train of thought here. Um, but – what we're seeing is, number one, the number one guy for me, AJ Styles. When he first came into New Japan, his first couple of matches, he was not getting good reactions. Nobody knew who he was. Um, they were unsure about this guy. He has gotten over in this tournament, and thanks yeah. to the booking in this tournament. And I think that's important moving forward. And I'm very curious to see, when he has his next big title defense that headlines a show, how it does business-wise. Because we know that back to Yokohama Arena – uh, did not do well. That was the, really the only business stinker they've had in the last three years or so. And I attribute that to the fact that he was not over enough at the time to put enough people in that building. Agreed. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says because, um, you know, it's it just he headlined and, and his title defense headlined. He wasn't over enough and they were a little too ambitious a little too soon with the AJ Styles thing there. So I'm curious to see how his next – I have a feeling the next show he headlines defending that title is going to do very well uh, mm-hmm. because he's gotten over in this tournament. We've seen Hanma start to get over at a new level. Uh, we've seen, and and this is the one I want you to talk about because you're the one who made an excellent point. Naito has gotten over much better in this tournament than he did la- last year's tournament. If you recall, it, it, he was getting negative reactions from fans. Yes, yeah, they turned on him. They yeah. were turning on him, especially when he was cutting promos. This year's not the case, but go ahead. You talk about that. Yeah, no, so we, we talked about this you know, months back when, when – um, Tanahashi's book got uh, translated by uh, Yatsume, who, who sort of put in. And, and the big thing that we talked about a lot of it was the Shibata stuff, because he went in deep with Shibata and, and obviously, you know, just tore him apart. But one of the interesting things, that, and we talked about it a little bit, is that he mentioned something about Naito as well and how the reason he thought that Naito didn't really get over and the reason sort of the office wasn't behind Naito is because they thought his promos were bad. 
And obviously, I have no idea what they were saying. I had no clue either way. But you sort of sensed that last year when you watched him. You know, he'd, he'd win the, the final match, make a promo. And, and, and people had no idea. I mean, there was no reactions. It was crickets. He was getting nothing. Whereas this year, I mean, the end of day five, he was... I mean, the people are crying. And did you, did you see he gave the scarf to the girl? And they're crying. And people are cheering and screaming. And he's cutting a promo. And every word that he says, they're going nuts or whatever. And again, I have no idea yeah, what he's saying. But clearly something cutting, has I'm changed. I'm going to cut it quickly. That's the one match we didn't talk about from the main event where Naito... Which I loved. I thought Kiyokata. that match was awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't like it as much as uh, as some of the other matches. Look, I loved it. I thought it was a great match. But I thought there were better matches on the show. That was your favorite match on the show. Mm-hmm. And that was a big win for Naito. And, that, uh, and that's what you're speaking to now. How over he was after yes, that. Right. Yeah, so Sorry. Good. Yeah, we forgot. We we forgot to yeah do that one. But yeah, it, it was just it, it was amazing because you went to last year as you mentioned. He he cuts these promos, people turning on him. You know, he comes out to the ring and it's crickets and nobody cared. Um, you know, you flash forward to this year and, and you know we hear about Tanahashi saying there's a reason why he didn't get over and he wasn't good at promos and and it, we, this year it's just been a completely different thing. And I think I think a lot of it is in ring. He's been a lot better. I feel like people felt that he was forced down their throats last year and he wasn't he wasn't crisp either last year too it was sort of a thing where they were like look he's not ready we know he's not ready you know he's not ready but you're forcing him on us and we don't want it completely agree with with what you're saying there i think last year it was more uh like you're saying because you sensed it early on that this was their guy they were force feeding him and i think the fans resented that a little bit he wasn't completely back from his knee injury and i think this year and the other thing is you know what i think helped him i think losing clean in the middle in the dome Mm -hmm sort of, he kind of did hit, you know, I think there was a lot of uneasiness with the fans where they didn't want him at that time. They were they were afraid he was going to beat Okada. Him taking that pin clean in the middle in the dome, I think sort of ha- was him paying his dues, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And now they're ready for him. And, and, and there's been a clear difference every night of the tour in, in stark contrast to last year where we're like, oh, my God, you know, it looks like this guy's going to win this thing, and he is just not over. He's over like a fart in a church. He's not over. This year is a completely different feel, and I think yeah. I think all those things uh, have, have contributed to that. I think the fans feel almost now, all right, he took his Rainmaker clean in the middle, in the dome. Uh, we we spoke our uh, part of it when we when we made them the semi main event and and we voted the other match to main event. Right. Oh, that's that's important. That's an important point too. Yeah. Sure. So we we spoke our minds. We let them know how we felt about the guy, and he lost. All right. Now we're cool with him. Now mm-hmm. we're cool with him. Now we like this guy. Okay. He paid his dues. He didn't. You know. You, you, he's not the company guy anymore. Right. Now, now, he's he, just now, the, yeah. now he can be our guy. You know. So I I think there's something to be said for that as well. But you make a great point. Um, I do think he's, he, you know, he's one of these guys, you know, uh, who who's going to come out of this G1. And, and, you know, again, we still have half the tournament left. But it sure looks like, like AJ Styles, like Ahanma, they're going to come out of this tournament in a much better position than they came into it. Yeah, certainly. And there, there's, you can even extend that to a few other guys. I think, um, uh, I think that Okada has a lot of ways built himself back up a little bit where I, and he was never down, that's but you know, another, you know what I mean? That's it's, another good point. He, he yeah, he's he was kind a of star lost again. In the I mean, shuffle. it feels yeah, like right. he's really a star. He was again. lost in the shuffle. So was Tanahashi. And, uh, they've both been pushed to the forefront here again. So, and you know, Tanahashi, you know, that's more to, you know, he's just working tags and stuff to preserve his body. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, there's already chatter that, uh, you know, he's got a neck injury now that he's, you know, got to, he's got to finish, mm-hmm. you know, half the rest of this tour with the neck injury. And there's talk that Makabe is working with a hurt jaw. We personally know of a third person who got hurt, <laughs> who got hurt in their first match. And you wouldn't know. And, yeah. and they're working through it and, and, and it's being kept quiet. So, it, it, you know, guys are still getting banged up, but 
you know, the days off are definitely helping. There's been nothing but positive feedback to the schedule. Yeah. And I like it too. I mean, from a personal standpoint, I know you enjoy it too. It, it's been, it's been fun and it's allowed me to really catch up a lot easier. And, and this is totally just like a perfect, you know, a, a personal thing. And it, it's just for me having those little breaks, not having to worry every single day of, of where I can catch up on these shows where if I miss one, it's okay. I have a, a two days to catch up or whatever. The wrestlers enjoy it. I think everybody can take a quick little break and get back. Whereas last year it was like, and you know that, I mean, you were a, cause you were just, you were, you were just, you, your brain was gone. You were just mush. Cause you just woke up covered G1, went to bed, woke up, covered it. I mean, like you, you, now you have, you, you can kind of get a life again. You, you get a little bit and it's, it's, I think it's, it's good for all parties. And I think it's done a better job of, of, of it's given us a better overall G1, I think, and a better experience in my mind. And, and that's, that's cause I didn't think that was going to happen. I was, I was a little upset when they got rid of it, but it, 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 it was fine. It's been perfectly. Everything upset. about this has been a win. Uh, this has just been a phenomenal tournament. Um, it's well on its way to topping. I mean, it would have to be really bad. <laughs> for the last six shows mm -hmm. at this point uh, for it not to top last year. I mean, it, even if it's just average the rest of the way and then just the final night is good, I think it's safe to say that this is already better than last year. Uh, we'll see what happens, though. People can drop out. There can be a couple of bad shows in a row. Maybe these guys get tired down the stretch. And, of course, if the final night is bad, that's going to go a long way to, to, to telling the story of the entire tournament because fairly or unfairly, the final night's the most important night. Sure. So, you know, if the final night doesn't deliver – uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, if there's a lot of intrigue on the final night, though. You've got the ROH guys coming in, which, by the way, it appears to me that Bobby Fish is, is done with Noah. And, you know, a, you know, a lot of people are probably saying, well, who gives a shit? But Bobby Fish started with Noah in 2006. Mm -hmm. OK, he's been with Noah practically longer continuously than anybody who's currently in Noah. You know, if, you know they've had they've had. Uh, They've had a massive exodus since that time. Kenta has left. That's putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kenta has left. They had their exodus. Other guys have come and gone. You know, I went back and looked at Bobby Fish's first Noah show, and I think there was like four guys from that show who were still with the company. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them was uh, Saito, who's not even officially part of the roster. He's just a, you know, he's a freelancer who they use a lot. So technically, he doesn't even count. There were like three guys. You know, he had been with Noah for a long time, and I think – him being on the final night of of uh, of the G1 here in, in that tag match against uh, it's going to be uh, um, Red Dragon against uh, Time Splitters. Yep. For the for the IWGP Junior Titles, him being on this show combined with the fact that for the first time in years he's not on the Noah Junior uh, Tag League, which is going on right now, same time as G1, and no one's paying attention for obvious reasons. Uh, that signals to me that he's probably done with Noah, which, you know, he's been, he's been there forever. I mean, 2006, that's a long time. Think, think of some wrestling rosters from 2006. <laughs> 2006, yeah. I mean, you know, just look, look at where New Japan was in 2006. Look at where, yeah, let's, look at, let's look at the G1 Climax 2006 here. Let's, uh, and, you know, look, look at the WWE roster and where they were. To, you know, it was John Cena versus Randy Orton. Something's okay, like the that. top two blocks were Kojima and Tenzan. Followed by Giant Bernard. Uh, this is block A. It was Giant Bernard, uh, Tanahashi, Liger, and Nakanishi. So, yeah, not not the great. And then uh, what do you got in block B? You got Tenzan who won it. Uh, Koji Kanemoto, uh, Yuji Nagata, Togi Makabe, and Yamamoto. I don't know if I know who that guy is. That's Yoshi oh, Yoshitatsu. Yoshitatsu, of Yoshitatsu man. That's, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, so that Yoshitatsu, yeah. zero points, unfortunately. Yeah, so, and, uh, and, and look, it's a ten-man round-robin tournament that lasted for five days. So and look where Koji Kanemoto has been since then, and you know you got Tenzan winning blocks. You know, so. <laughs> Giant Bernard 
you know, I, not commentating, not being Jason Albert. You know, my joke that got lost in all of this was, you know, WWE was Cena versus Orton, which something I was going to say, I, I, I was, but, but, <laughs> but, you know, you look at the undercar. I mean, it's completely different. So I just, I don't know. WrestleMania if really, 22. You know, oh, no, no, that's, you know, that's a decent difference. Um, which mania? Yeah, here's the, here's the Rain Man card. Yeah, oh, this one's pretty okay. You got, you got Cena, Triple H in the main event, uh, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Kurt Angle, Michaels and McMahon, Undertaker, Mark Henry, Edge, McFoley, JBL, Chris Benoit. So you've had a decent amount since then. Big Show and Kane, so Kane's still around, but <laughs> yeah. RVD, Shelton Benjamin, Ric Flair, Finley, Matt Hardy, and Bobby Lashley in the Money in the Bank. So there you go. Oh wow! So yeah, so, I mean, you know, <laughs> two thousand six and one. I mean, Noah was still producing English language DVDs in two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I remember I, I would go to ROH shows and anxiously run to the table to buy them. Um, you know, they'd put out the Budokan Hall shows on, on England, you know, out of the Hawaii office, which I don't, obviously I don't think Noah is still running a Hawaii. They might be for all I know. No, I think they are. I heard that the other day. I think I, I read it the other day. It's insane, but yeah, apparently they, yeah. So I, I've got, you know, a pile of those Noah DVDs with the English language and, you know, you know, the, the who the color man was, it was Wally Yamaguchi who cut mm-hmm. off Val Venus's dick. <laughs> Yamagu- what was his name? Uh, Yamaguchi-san? Yamaguchi-san, yes, because he's Japanese. Yeah, so, so San. W- Wally Yamaguchi actually did... Oh, I, I, I apologize. In January 2014, the uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, Pro Wrestling Noah offices closed. Right, so, so. I, wow, it lasted into this year. <laughs> what were they doing? I, what were those what guys were doing? What were they doing in those offices? <laughs> like just throwing darts at a wall? Like... It makes you wonder. I mean, I don't know they had they have a training school or anything out there, but um, I found the very first Bobby Fish Noah show. And I'm just going to tell you some of the people who worked this show. He actually won his match. He beat uh, Atsushi Aoki, who was still kind of a youngster at that time, mm. in a singles match. But then he lost like his next 20 matches in a row. So, But they gave him a big win coming in over Aoki. Um, Mitsuharu Masawa <laughs> wrestled on that show. Um, and he wrestled in a tag match against Ricky Marvin and Scorpio. Uh <laughs> Bison Smith wrestled on that show. Half the guys in this show are dead. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, not uh, the death count not doing too well. Kenta, Kenta Kabashi and Timon Honda wrestled uh, Bison Smith and somebody named Jason Bates. I don't even remember Jason Bates. Jason Bates. I don't remember him. I got to be honest. And this is when Noah was my favorite promotion in the world, and I don't remember the guy. Um, Let's see who the hell Jason Bates is. Check out, uh, check out the main event from this uh, Bobby Fish's first Noah show. You ready for this main event? Yep. Loki. <laughs> Sua, Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeated Kenta, Naomichi Marafuji, and Taiji Ishimori. That was the main event of the show. And Meltzer apparently gave it four stars. Bobby Fish was with Noah for so long that Meltzer was still watching Noah. Yeah. <laughs> and rating them. Yeah. And rating their matches. When... It wasn't just a paragraph that somebody copied to him. Hey, here's what's going on to Noah. Thanks. <laughs> Bobby Fish debuted with the promotion. Uh, Siyoshi Kikuchi was still wrestling for Noah. I mean, geez. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's, it's, it was just, I don't know. I'm probably the only person in the world who cares. Uh, Akihiko Ito was in the opener. He's retired, uh, you know, due to injuries or whatever. So, I mean, there's, there's guys here who are retired. There's guys here who have passed away. Uh, Two Cold Scorpio was on the show. I mean, <laughs> you, you, I mean, this was just a completely different era uh, of Noah. So it, it, it kind of, to me, is you know, it's it's somewhat of a big story. I mean, he's it, you know, there's not many people who were in Noah longer than Bobby Fish at this point. So I don't know. I uh, 
I just uh, I, I don't I, I just found that sort of sort of uh, newsworthy thing. That you think he, it's a big deal well, that he's, he's no. I mean, look, he never advanced past you know the mid card of, of Noah, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's been there for you know eight years or whatever it is, and I, I don't think it's like some huge big deal. I mean, it, it does speak to the fact that they're you know obviously not using well, they, you know, they are using foreigners. They're just using a lot of those South American guys that that Kenta went and scouted a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, Gaston Mateo and extra large and, and guys like that now. Um, who, who I presumably, I don't, I don't know what they're, what it costs to fly them in from Brazil or wherever they're from or whatever, but, uh, and they're still using, uh, you know, the Australians obviously with Hayes and Nichols. So I don't even think it's a, it's a fact that they're using less foreigners. I just, I don't know. I guess when you're with a promotion that long, you know, your time is up, you know, so him and, you know, fish, fish and Eddie Edwards were, you know, the last couple of years were, were a big part of that junior tag league. And, um, you know, obviously Eddie Edwards has, has moved on to TNA and, you know, I guess just, just fish is done. So, um, he did have a, a tour earlier this year. Uh, this was a topic we weren't expecting to get into, huh? Bobby Fish's Noah, yeah, Noah 45 minute Bobby Fish discussion. Um, but it happened. I'm That's what this podcast all about. You never know. I'm almost positive. He worked the Noah tour this year. He did the beginning of the year. He the, the, fir- mm. the first navigation tour he, he worked. And he actually won his last match. He teamed with Jonah Rock, and they they beat uh, you know Hitoshi Kamanu, who's one of their you know young lion guys, and Yoshinori Ogawa. So uh, I think it's the only match he won a couple matches on that tour. He won a tag match with Ricky Marvin. He won a singles match against Katoge. Um, so yeah, he worked a tour in January, as recently as January. But now it appears, I guess, with the Ring of Honor affiliation, and they just re-signed him and O'Reilly with Ring of Honor. You know, and and I guess they liked him when they when you know when they came over for the for the Ring of Honor New Japan shows. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe he'll be working New Japan from from this point forward, which actually is better from a fan perspective. I think there's more interesting stuff for him to do in New Japan than there is mm-hmm. in Noah right now. Although the last couple Noah shows weren't terrible, we were Yeah, you seem to have enjoyed them. Yeah, they they you know I haven't gotten through the last one yet. I did get through the seven five show, and it wasn't it wasn't bad. You know, they got some interesting things going on, but uh, you know I don't know, but. Uh, Back to the G1, I guess. Um, you know, I get. I guess where this branched off from was the the Cebu Dome. You know, on top of the Ring of Honor guys coming in. You know, we've got the Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I was going to say you buried the lead. Global Force Wrestling is going to be there finally. So I mean, something maybe we'll get some kind of nugget of what's going on. I mean, look, <laughs> that's funny. That's that's a good joke. I, I've good. been hinting for a month that I think the whole thing is bullshit. And that's yep. kind of snowballed, and there's other people jumping onto that um, who don't really think. See, the first clue I got was when I talked to promoters who, where he had those little tryouts. The seminars, yeah. And I talked to people who were at the seminars. I talked to some promoters who who who, who Jared had the seminars at, and uh, he never signed anybody from those seminars. He never followed up with any of the talent from those seminars, and follow up has been an issue from the beginning with with Gold yeah, Force, and I, that's where a lot of people aren't just. There, there's people that that have facts that are, are are not just throwing stuff out. There's people who have who have tried to get them connections, tried to do this, tried to do that, and haven't heard a thing. They don't hear back from. They just they don't. It, it's like if you're desperate to really start here, you're gonna get going. I mean, th- this one case was somebody trying to hook them up with the TV provider, and they just went. They didn't respond. It's like, well, okay, well, well like, and here's and is here's that the not thing, important? Like I thought that was the whole thing. That's of this, the whole thing because that's what. The people who at these seminars have asked him, well, hey, what's going on? When are we starting up? When is something going to happen? His answer to everybody has always been, I'm still looking for TV. Right. I'm still looking for distribution. But um, I will like to take your money for this tryout, though. Thank but, you. But, yeah, so, I'm going to take this. <laughs> but you, I'm still going to have to pay to charge you for the tryout. We're going to split the 150 Yeah. and I'm going to take my 75 bucks from the 40 people at this tryout and never get back to anybody. 
and by the way, you're going to book me for your show later mm-hmm. for whatever, you know, I don't know. It all seemed very shady to me because there was never any follow-up on anybody. And, uh, you know, two separate promotions that booked him, I talked to people and I said, well, who do you like at the show? I couldn't even get answers as to people that he liked at the seminars. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing, you know, one name, I got one name, Matt McIntosh. Yeah. From uh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate was the only name I got from all the people and I talked to. And he's heard exactly how much back from nothing them. has heard nothing yeah. back as far as i know to this point from and that's and that's where you look at it and i think we mentioned it on a few podcasts earlier is that if this thing is really getting going and there's guys that are are, are in the database and that he's interested in that sort of stuff it, it stands to reason that he would mention to these guys hey by the way really targeting april to get tv or whatever you know because when, when you get TV, if, if that's the holdup is getting that tv contract when he gets it you got to be ready to go you know what i mean where these guys they can't sit around and or unless he's expecting these dudes just to bail on whatever indie dates they have, but these these guys book a long time in advance. We haven't heard a single thing of yeah, this guy. I mean, you haven't seen. There has not even been evidence of guys you know taking less bookings. Where where sometimes you'll sort of get that idea where the guys slowly sort of churn out there before they well, go somewhere else. Any, we there's not even any whispers of what names there. There's nothing. <clears throat> there's nothing. We've heard one guy is the guy you mentioned. I've never heard anybody else mention anything. I've never seen him mention anybody else. We've just seen videos and T-shirts and 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 pictures from dinners and that sort of stuff but nothing about the actual product nothing about in-ring nothing about who we're liking where we're going to go where we're going to be based out of what tv stations are talking to them nothing and he you know and, Zero. and, and that was just uh another wrestler that mentioned i said who they like and he said oh i, I think you like macintosh i mean so that's not even any kind of firm you know it, you know that, that's, but that's just the only thing that, that we've heard period and it just i don't know it seems like this whole thing is just very shady. Maybe he was waiting for the other shoe to drop with TNA. Um, you know, maybe his boy, you know, the, I, the, 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 the conspiracy theory that I love, my favorite conspiracy theory of all, the one that I badly want to believe to be true because it would just be fucking awesome if it was true, is that Vince Russo attached Mike Johnson to that email on purpose, knowing that it would sink them with Spike so that he can get his boy Jeff Jarrett on, on Spike team. <laughs> I like that one. I, I love that wacky conspiracy theory. I don't mind the one that I think might even be remotely, and you sort of alluded to it yesterday. I sort of noticed it too. Is that Vince might have just Russo just might have seen the writing on the wall and went, "This thing is stupid." You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get myself back in there. I want to be the and and because as you mentioned, the news come out. You know, the news is coming out of you know Mike Johnson saying this da 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 da, and all of a sudden, hey, I have a paid VIP site. <laughs> Why don't you come join and. I have all these new Twitter followers that are all of a sudden following me, and my website's crashing because I'm getting so much traffic. It was – that guy, you never know what that is. As dude. soon as the TNA story broke on Sunday night, he was pushing his pay site. Mm-hmm. It's just you – know, And getting himself out there and booking himself on podcasts and that sort of stuff. Whereas if you were truly embarrassed by it or you truly understood, oh, shit, I cost you guys a TV contract, you're going into hiding. They're saying you're, you're done, you know, that sort of stuff. Nah, not Vince. He's, He's a pretty shameless guy. But uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Yeah, I, I, I hope that. some of them are true. I would love it if some of them were true, and this becomes a, a, a huge thing. Um, you know, it's funny. TNA is on the verge of folding, and we didn't even even consider discussing that on this podcast before we jumped on the air here. That wasn't <laughs> even one of our topics, which is crazy. I did think of that it's, halfway through when you were like, talking. I was like, have we talked about that we yet? Kind of, no? We kind of forgot about it. And, uh, did we talk about it last on Sunday? No, we didn't. It did. It broke after we recorded. <laughs> no, the story oh, broke after. Remember, it broke late at night. Oh, that's right. I did stay up till freaking yeah, 1 a.m. on Sunday. You're right. You're right. Because I was like, no, we talked about that. The story yeah, that... broke late at night. And, you know, it's funny because it, there's so much that we've heard that we can't say. 
um, which I know is really annoying to people, and I hate when people do that. But I mean, we really just can't. You got to protect people. Yeah. We, yeah, you know, we we don't claim to be a news site or anything, but, but but I mean, you know, people tell us things, and it's like. And you don't pay us. If you want to start paying us, I'll I'll let go of all my sources. There is there is so much. There is. <laughs> throw me throw me a hundred bucks, and you get all my sources. This, this whole Dude. TNA thing has so many people working each other, lying to each <laughs> other, BSing each other. Uh, people in TNA bullshitting reporters, reporters bullshitting other reporters, everybody bullshitting the fans, when really it's the most simple story. It, it, it isn't any more complicated than this. Spike is done with TNA, and TNA and Spike are both just protecting the last two months of the show. That's it. There's really nothing yep. more to this. And all the other maneuverings that are going on behind the scenes of, oh, well, this is happening. Spike. No, it's all bullshit. It's all yeah, spiking, we're still negotiating, uh, you know, negotiations are ongoing and yeah, they're just protecting each other. And, uh, you know, th this whole idea of, well, court Bauer works for ring of honor. So he fed it to TMZ and he's stirring up trouble because he wants ring of honor to swoop in and jump on spike. And here's the thing after TMZ broke this, first of all, Dave Meltzer knew it was coming because he put it in his, on his website on Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, right. And then you, there was always those weird undertones. The whole yes. if, if you listen to any of the uh, the radio shows on Saturday or a Sunday rather, uh, Big Span and, and Alvarez had a show, and, and we're talking a little bit about it. And everybody was being very weird about TNA. Everybody was sort of mentioning, eh, I can't really say exactly, but yeah, something is newsworthy coming out soon. And yeah, right. And Dave on Saturday had said that there's three big business influencing stories coming up. One, of course, was the WWE quarterly call, and the other two he wasn't ready to say yet. And I think at some point he had mentioned he was still you know, trying to double source or whatever. Yep. The TMZ story breaks. Dave goes right on the air with uh, – Yeah, on the law. He was on the law on with the law. Yeah, Right. Yeah. So Dave knew. He, he Now, if, if – if this was just all bullshit perpetuated by court or whoever else, and, and court was Dave's only source, I, listen, in the past, stories have broke, and Dave hasn't been able to confirm independently, and he's always been like, eh, I don't know. He, he, he's not one to jump on a story. Just yeah, but remember that time he said CM Punk was coming back? So, no, so sure. it's like he, he's, he's not Jim Bowden going back to the baseball. Did you see Jim Bowden today? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. That, that, the whole – the whole reporting and the reporting end of, of sports now with Twitter is just ridiculous at this point. And, and it happens in the NBA, too. Chris Broussard does it all the time. Adrian Wojnarowski will throw something out there. Chris Broussard will say, my sources are telling me, blah, blah, blah. And Adrian will go, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was wrong. Just off and then all back. of a sudden, five minutes later, Chris Broussard, oh, I'm sorry. My sources are wrong. It's just like, come on. So what happened today was, for the people who have no idea what we're talking about, yeah. uh, a baseball writer by the name of Joel Sherman, somebody made a fake Joel Sherman account. Mm -hmm. and reported a fake trade on the fake Joel Sherman Twitter account. Jim Bowden, another baseball reporter, a former baseball GM, then seconds later tweeted that he could confirm the same <laughs> trade. Well, about a minute later, it came out that the Sherman Twitter account was fake, and Jim Bowden was exposed as a fraud. He basically just saw the report on the fake Joel Sherman Twitter account and then acted as if he also had independently confirmed it. In the and, and Bowden was shamed so badly on Twitter that he then erased his Twitter account. Um, oh, he's all gone? He's gone. All the he, way? He got rid of it, and then he, 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 he brought it back under a different – uh, handle or something. I don't know. It came out of bars. And then ESPN today, did you see that they went breaking with, with the fake Ken Rosenthal tweets? Yes. 
Like, come on, guys. Let, let's slow down like two seconds and look at the username. Can we just before we... look at the username and just look at the number of followers? It's this, these this, this idea that we have to immediately, like, right now, we have to know the story. We have to be the first of the story or whatever. Just be right. Because you look like a goof when you're wrong Absolutely. like that. I mean, that Buster only on there talking about Ben Zobris to the Pirates for five minutes. And then, they, oh, uh, no, never fake, mind. Fake, <laughs> Sorry. Fake Twitter account with 20 followers. Yeah, is completely I mean, scooping ESPN and wasting five minutes of. So it's just unbelievable. So the yeah. point here is, <laughs> is Meltzer could have broke this story on Saturday mm-hmm. or Friday or Thursday or Wednesday when he first heard it, probably from Bauer. Which is is weird because there, there's always this, and and you, you go to the Observer Board. Obviously, we we mention it way too much on the site for people that probably don't go there. But there's always this sort of anger towards Dave Meltzer as, hey, I pay for the site, and you know I don't get breaking news, or TMZ breaks this, or this breaks this, or whatever, and. A lot of people defend it, and that's the way I defend it too, is I pay for that site to know what's real and what's true. That's why I go to that site. And people, I know there's a, su- a subset of people that think that Dave just sits there and makes this stuff up or whatever. Those people don't read actually what Dave writes. They just read Russell News. According to Dave Meltzer, he said this, and it's paraphrased incorrectly or whatever. But I pay to know that everything I read in there has been double sourced, has been checked, and isn't just seat of his pants type stuff. I'll go to WrestleZone. I'll go to those sort of sites if I want Hey, we're hearing this. Who knows? Got to just read it. Maybe it's happening. Who knows? You know, you don't pay for that. You pay for him to filter out the stuff, do the hard work and say, okay, this is true. This is right. And that's why he didn't go out on Saturday and say, boom, Spike, you know, cancels TNA. He didn't know for sure. Nah, he was probably double and triple sourcing it at that point. And, I, and we've heard people that, say that exact same thing. If it yeah. broke on, and here's the thing, even though it broke on TMZ on Sunday night, if Dave hadn't double and triple sourced himself, he wouldn't have went on the law. I firmly believe that because we've seen stories break in the past where he hasn't confirmed it, you know, to his satisfaction. And he doesn't, he just says, Oh, I don't, you know, it's out there, but I don't know. That's not what I heard or I haven't, you know what I mean? So once he went on the radio that night with those guys and, you know, then, then, you know, obviously, you know, so to me circling all the way back, it's to me, it's, it's, it's not much of a story from the aspect of um, uh, look, it's, they're not negotiating anymore, and now it's television. Look, the worst thing you could have in the television business is a lame is a show that looks like it's a lame duck show. Mm-hmm. So Spike is going to protect that. TNA is going to protect that because they don't want people just to stop watching because they feel like you know on October first there's not going to be TNA anymore. So why should I invest my time in this? They're protecting the show. That's really all there is to it. The intrigue now is all what led up to this, and the wacky conspiracy theories and the Vince Russo stuff. That's what's intriguing now. Fact of the matter is TNA's not going to be on spike anymore. Right. So, and they're probably going to cease to exist. I mean, maybe they're going to go somewhere who knows, but man, they, they, this is a company that was missing paychecks when they were still getting spike TV money. Sure. And here's, they're not going to be getting, yeah, I mean, here's what the goofballs yeah. on the Mecca and the asylum don't understand. <laughs> I haven't even bothered. I, 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 I haven't even wanted to go there. I'm, I'm sure it's amazing, well, but maybe, I, I can't do maybe it. Maybe for some of our listeners who don't completely understand either, it's not even just a matter of hopping on another network. They've got to find a network who's going to give them the same or, or more money than what Spike was giving them. Who wants to subsidize the product right. and subsidize the company. Right. It's not just a rights fee deal. That's what it's Spike a, was doing. I mean, yeah. you know, one of the hangups that, that was reported that Spike was annoyed about was that TNA let Sting slip away after, mm-hmm. after who they were paying? After Spike had essentially been paying for, or subsidizing yeah. for all those years, paying in part, Hogan. hoping to bring in, and then Spike couldn't find a way to keep the guy, and the the Spike executives were annoyed by that. Now, from a wrestling perspective, you know we can say, all right, well, Sting probably wasn't worth it anyway. But you're dealing with television executives, mm-hmm. and you're dealing with television executives who viewed him as the biggest star, uh, yeah. for better or worse. And sometimes you got to make your television partners happy. 
that's just the, you know that's an unfortunate. There's that old story of the ESPN meeting when they were thinking about adding wrestling, and the whole reason they added AWA is because somebody in the room knew who Sergeant Slaughter was. I mean, that's just how it works right. with these guys. So, um, you know, t- so anyway, the fact of the matter was they. TNA has to find a television outlet that's not only just going to throw them on the air. That's not going to do them any good. They need to be getting the same level of 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 of, of, of cash that they were getting. From Spike. Yeah. So that's not. Gonna I mean, be they could find a TV room. station tomorrow if they're going to say, "Hey, we'll pay you, sure. you know, a million dollars to put our sta- thing on." Yeah, of course. Every networks will be lining they up. Be on the air but they have to say, "Hey, like, look, we uh, need you to pay for half of our staff, and and all, you know." Whenever we sign a big contract, we need you to chip in, you know, 25% or 40% or, or in some cases, you mentioned Sting, Hogan, and even I think a Kurt Angle. He's the same one, right? I'm and he's, he's due up pretty soon. I'm not positive. I'm not positive. Well, because he's out. No, because he is, I believe. Because no, 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 he's yeah, out. His he contract. Is when the, oh, I thought you meant – I thought you were asking if Spike subsidizes Kurt Angle. I have no idea. I thought he did. I have no idea. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought he was one of those ones. But I know for sure a Sting and a Hogan were, were definitely those ones. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, you look – I mean, that's that that's the big thing that, that I think – yeah, as you mentioned, a lot of people are missing is that it's not just – paying for the rights fees it's paying rights fees plus it's paying and, and a tv station needs to think about that too of of you know you have a spike tv who, who was obviously willing to do that when they when they purchased bellator they were obviously willing to do that with with tna for a while but that's a really rare case of a tv station paying for for you know like for for an entity like this of really keeping this thing alive like that that's you, you it's it's unprecedented well here's the thing wwe just signed a new television contract, which they were supremely disappointed with. And they couldn't keep their programming, the big dog now, WWE, they couldn't keep their programming on ION or WGN mm-hmm. or any of these places that would be potential suitors for TNA. So what makes people think that these places are going to pay for TNA? Okay? Because the other thing that came out too was Spike, it turns out, was starting to become cognizant of where TNA fell in the pecking order. Yeah. And what their status was among wrestling fans, and they weren't happy about that either. That they were viewed upon as it's a laughing as, yeah. as a brand that's a laughing stock. So you know, Spike doesn't want to be associated with a laughing stock. Now, I think the most likely scenario for TNA survival is Spike swoops in and purchases it from the Carters. Mm-hmm. Similar to Bellator. Now, similar to Bellator. Now, do they want to own their own pro wrestling entity? I don't know that. It seems like they're interested in the fight game with the Bellator and the kickboxing and everything else. But do they want to buy such a tarnished brand now that they seem to have done a little research and understand really, you know, what's going on? I don't know the answer to that. The other wild card here is Jim Ross, who's tight with Court Bauer. So he would have information, keeps insisting or keeps throwing out there on his podcast that Ring of Honor is for sale. Well, wouldn't this all add up then? You know, Court Bauer supposedly is the big leak to TMZ, and, and he knows Jim Ross, and Jim Ross would be privy to Ring of Honor information through Court Bauer. And, well, if Ring of Honor is for sale, maybe Spike swoops in and purchases Ring of Honor and throws them on TV. And if they support Ring of Honor the same way they supported TNA financially, you would see that up, you know, because Sinclair, like we've talked about, has not added to the production. They, they just bought it and essentially have kept the company the same. Basically, all Sinclair is doing for Ring of Honor is keeping them afloat and putting them on some weird television stations at yeah. 2 in the morning on Saturday nights. And sort of wanting them to run shows in those markets as well. And Right. Because they've ran, I mean, they've ran significantly different markets sure. since that. But that that's, yeah, that's the extent of it. Right. But if Spike... They're still shooting into lights. The lighting grids still look like crap. Still, the entrance hasn't it's changed. It's still an indie show. The logo's right. pretty much unchanged. The website changed a little bit. It's essentially still an indie yeah. company. It's just one that got on national TV. 
and and and, and I I believe the Sinclair thing has helped Ring of Honor. Their attendance is up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but but they've kind of reached their ceiling with Sinclair because Sinclair's not going to put any more effort into it. So if someone like Spike comes in and buys Ring of Honor and they own it and it's advantageous for them, listen, Spike bought Bellator and immediately made changes. Bjorn Rebney's gone. Yeah. Okay. So you know they'll show that if they own something, they're going to be passionate about it. So they'll make changes for Ring of Honor and they'll up to the, they're not going to throw Ring of Honor on their network the way it looks now. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so you know, to me that's the to me that's the best case scenario. Spike. I say you it. hire. You know, would be great is if, if that sort of happened, but then they immediately hired TNA's production staff because I think their staff does an awesome job. Their their show it looks so clean. I agree. The shots are good. I agree. I mean, they 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 miss some stuff. The directors use. I mean, that that's that's a common thing too. Is the director will miss a bunch of stuff, and and there's some things here and there. But when they're not running in a manic, you know, Vince Russo book show, the thing looks great. The entrances look good. The camera shots are, are different and exciting. And I think just overall, that when you watch that show, the, the picture quality is way better. I always say that. I've been, it's just so I've been, clean. I've been the colors, that long time. they're great at colors. They're really good at job of, I, I don't know what, if they do something special with the cameras, what type of cameras there, if it's the lighting or whatever they do. And, and they're for arenas. If that's the same crew that does that, man, that they make every arena. They make every as, arena look like it's packed and going nuts. Like you said, the Alamo Dome, it seats 70,000. They have 2,000 there, and they still make it look like the whole place was perfect. Yeah, I mean, there was 6,000 there. But, yeah, it, it's yeah. it's the, your point is taken. Every place they go looks like it's packed. And, yeah. and I, I truly believe they have the best I, – I like their production better than any company, including WWE. I think mm-hmm. WWE's production is stale. It hasn't changed in years. Um, I hate the way they shoot their backstage stuff. I think it looks contrived and goofy. I just, I, I you know, TNA's graphics. People are, don't stand <laughs> half facing the camera, half looking at a yeah, TV monitor. Who looks at a TV monitor <laughs> from the side with their head turned and that abnormal? I mean, ugh, I don't even want to get. Um, Big E is gonna is gonna get neck cramps from the way he stares at those monitors in the back. It's ridiculous. It looks, hey, that's what Daniel Bryan needs neck surgery. It looks ridiculous. Nobody faces each other in WWE. Everybody stands to the side of each other and turns their head. <laughs> it, it looks ridiculous. But I mean, it just you know all the production. Too, I mean, the, the TNA production, the, the graphics are cleaner and more modern in WWE. Mm-hmm. WWE is, is is sort of falling behind a little bit, and, and they really need to revamp their production. But I agree with you. If if they you know if they, if it's the same level of production for an ROH show, I can tell you this. The ROH show will be a f- much better show than the TNA. I don't think I need to tell anybody that. I mean, uh, you know, Ring of Honor can be a little dry sometimes, but it- it's going to make more sense and be a better wrestling show and, and-, and-, and have better action than what the TNA product has given anybody. That's, that's, that's not even debatable. So to me, that's the best case scenario if-, if that were to play out. So that's another interesting thing here. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, honestly, the best case scenario for everybody is... Ring of Honor ends up on Spike, and TNA ends up somewhere too. I mean, I I don't mm. want them to fold. Yeah, the um, more the more wrestling jobs, the better. I mean, that's so. fine. You know, it, it's 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 it's. But I just don't see that as occurring. I mean, what if these if these stations don't want WWE? What do they want with TNA? Right, and that's the thing too. I mean, and that's I, I've had a few people say, oh, well, what about Fox Sports? One more about these sort of ones. They just three months ago had a chance to get WWE if they wanted. They had a chance to get the one. Why would you want? I mean, you you could say it's it costs you a lot less, but still, you you had a chance. If you were really desperate, if this Fox Sports one and, and NBC Sports Network and CBS Sports Network and all this, if they were really super desperate to have something, they would have made a big play for these things because that's a whole game changer to get get Raw or, or even SmackDown. I mean, you get one of those too. That's a complete game changer. You might have a for that you station. might have a desperate uh, 
someone desperate who's in charge of programming, whose job is on the line because those stations are all failing, who says, you know, they give you that 1.1 rating every single week like clockwork. Maybe we can do. But here's the other thing, too, with a lot of those sports stations, wrestling still has that stigma. Maybe they don't want yeah, wrestling. And it gets terrible ads, too. Right. Maybe they don't want wrestling on their network. And, um, and, 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 and again, they're going to have to be willing to pay TNA what Spike mm-hmm. was paying them in order for TNA to survive anyway. It's not just a matter of getting it on TV. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's like getting it on TV with a comparable deal. I mean, even the deal they had with Spike was resulting in them doing drastic cutbacks. Yeah. So they, I, they, And people being, I mean, the production staff, they mentioned famously, they were months behind on payment and we're about to walk out sure. before an episode of impact of saying and dixie carter had to get in her personal checkbook and write them all checks yeah so i mean, I mean it was i mean and that was with a really advantageous spike deal and so realistically they need a deal better than spike I, it's not right. going to happen tna is going to cease to exist i mean that's the bottom right. line. that's that's the bottom line yeah so i mean they, they may run down for glory in cork and hall whenever that was scheduled and it, it's 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 like ecw at the end where you know they're running these these random house shows. I think the last ECW house show was in Arkansas or somewhere. The final ECW show period was a house show in Arkansas, which wasn't exactly a ECW market, but you know, they had it booked, they ran it and it's going to be the same thing here. TNA is going to run all these dates and they may run all these dates, but that's going to be the end of the line. Uh, once that spike money stops coming in and they don't, and if they don't have another deal. So, you know, the smart money is that it's going to cease to exist. Yep. So there's a topic we weren't going to do. No, yeah, I don't know why we didn't <laughs> mention that. I think I thought because we did it on Sunday that we because we we stopped recording in the afternoon. I, I just forget because we always do these shows at night. So that was an interesting one. Well, uh, let's stick with the business of wrestling here and talk a little bit about WWE uh, quarter two. Um, as I mentioned, there's a bunch of people that are doing this way better than we could possibly do. Chris Harrington uh, posted an ah, article bullshit, on Bleacher Report. Bullshit! You're being humble. Here's the bottom line about the Bleacher Report <laughs> and, and the network numbers. Okay? And we've been screaming it, and people have been arguing with us. They were arguing with us even last night. They were arguing mm-hmm. with us. And we took what was the what was the previous number? Six eighty. It was six seventy eight, right? Six seventy eight. The previous number was six seventy eight, and we got on here and we told all you goofballs that the big hook had passed. WrestleMania had passed, and if they only had six hundred seventy eight thousand buys after WrestleMania, there there were no big hooks left. They were out of hooks. Okay, Uh, they had nothing left to to hook anybody. And the number was not going to see any significant jumps from that point forward. And people argued with us and they said, no, no, no. Uh, You know, the the, the B pay-per-views or, you know, SummerSlam or this or that. You're going to see big jumps. No. And we told you there wouldn't be any significant jumps. So, you know, we're the ones that are always called the pessimists and, and and the people that hate the network. And the fact is, this number came in lower than even what we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's 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 look, this is going to be like we've been saying all along, a slow, slow crawl. And they overshot. Look, this was v- typical Vince McMahon bravado all, all the way uh, overshooting the expectations to the investors. And now they're paying the price. And for all you people, I mean, we're, we're hearing the silliest things from people on Twitter. I mean, oh, well, you know, this is a whole change in the way they're doing business. You have to expect that there's going to be some cutbacks. Oh, yeah. Look. When things are going well, the company is bloated. It's good that you know. Yeah, or go ahead. No, I know yeah, what you're. Yeah, <laughs> when, when things are going well, you don't fire seven percent of your workforce. Please understand that. That's not a good thing. You can't spin this as a good thing. This is a dreadful number, and mm-hmm. it's terrible news. They're cutting seven percent of their workforce. So don't sit here and give me, oh, you know, they'll crawl to where they need to be. No, no, no. 
they're so woefully behind their projections and the promises to their investors. And the expenses. I and mean, this thing costs money to get losing, going, too. And they're losing so much money that they're firing 7% of their employees, okay? And you might not care about the guy who works in HR or the woman who processes the payroll or the three people on the bottom of the rung in marketing who, who make $42,000 a year and they got two kids and, and a nice two-bedroom. You, you might not care about those people, but talent's going to get cut, too. So maybe some of your favorites will get cut. Maybe some wrestlers will lose some jobs. If you don't care about the back-end people that you'll never meet, the poor slob making 50 grand a year who's going to lose his job because these idiots thought that there were 2 million wrestling fans who were going to buy this thing. So don't tell me, oh, this is just how the way business goes and you know they'll get that. No, this is not the way they plan for it to go. They don't want to fire those people. They have to now because of the losses. Because of promises that they aren't able to keep to their investors. So, you know, they, they, those, they, you know some of you people are out to lunch. You're, lost. you're completely lost. You don't know what you're talking about. There's no way to spin this as good. Yeah, it's impossible. And, and the wait and see approach, I mean, yeah, wait and see is good and all. And, and, and we agree that it's going to take a while. But the wait and see is in, I mean, those, you can't tell those people that are packing up their boxes and leaving. The marketing director, or, you know, marketing guys or whatever aren't, you know, eh, just wait and see about the network. It's okay. Yeah, tell the 45 grand a year guy to wait and see. Yeah. Ah, you know, it's a whole new business plan. You know, you'll be fine. It's no big deal. Wait and see. And tell Ricardo, yeah, tell Ricardo yeah. Rodriguez to wait and see. You know, it's, 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 it, if you don't care about the back end people, you know, you know, there's going to be some NXT cuts coming. Mm -hmm. Tell those people to wait and see. You know, they're going to cut them. You know, the people living in Florida. Who are, you know them too? They're making fifty grand a year tops, right? And and killing themselves in that gym. And they, you know, they're gonna get. They gotta go. I'll tell you what. Why don't they show some guts? Okay. Why don't they get rid of Kane? Why don't they get rid of Mark Henry? Why don't they get rid of some of these guys who are making six figures and see? Yeah, big show. Big show's a notable and, one. And and, and 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 who are gonna be fine, by the way. I'm not saying that those people deserve to lose their jobs. They they deserve their jobs as much as anyone else. But I'll tell you what. Yeah. You cut Mark Henry Kane or Big Show, you think those people are going to suffer? They're going to they're gonna kill it. They're going to kill it on the indie scene and at conventions. And doing they, don't even need to, yeah, they don't even need to step into a ring. They can just put a table and, and near do, a ring, and, and they're good. And yeah. doing shoot videos for, for the Kid Toucher in Philly and everything else. They'll kill it. Don't worry about those guys. Why don't you cut them loose? What's the last time Mark Henry did anything on TV? When's the last time they used him? Why don't you give someone Kane's spot that cost $100,000 less? Those guys will be fine. Don't worry about those guys. They would kill it. And you can bring them back when things are better. You know, why don't you, why don't you cut one of those 150,000 downside guys and keep three of the back-end people who are working in HR or marketing or payroll? Why don't you do that? But they don't have the guts to do that. Or the network. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the cuts are going to come from people in the network that were developing original content and that sort of stuff, which is, is funny because we've seen a lot of the cuts they've made have been guys that worked with the network or people that worked directly with the network. And it's like, <laughs> of all people to get rid of, it's probably not these guys right now. I mean, if this is your thing and it's a new, I mean, and that's the thing that was pretty funny too, is people said, well, this is, you know, this is the next level of their business. Well, then why don't they rehire the two top heads of it, which both went away and those jobs have never been refilled. Perkins Miller, Matt Silverman, have, have they replaced either of them? They have not. So if this is the next generation of, of, of their business, I don't know because they uh, don't seem to think it's that – I mean, it's, it's clearly not that important because they haven't replaced those guys. Those jobs have just went away. Mark Henry's not, not going to starve. Kane's probably a millionaire. Cut him. 
Oh, Kane will just go on Fox News or whatever. You know, he'll be good. He's got it. He's fine. Why don't you sacrifice those guys because you're fucked up instead of the guy making 45 grand who will probably be unemployed for eight months? Right. You know what I mean? But that's not what they'll do. And those guys could absorb it. And they're the ones making a ton of money and giving nothing back. Kane couldn't fill a fucking phone booth at this point. He don't draw shit. You don't even use Mark Henry. And I'm not just picking on these. There's probably other guys too I'm not thinking of. Yep. That, that, that are making a ton of money and they're not getting anything. Listen, I'm the one saying they should burn Brock Lesnar's appearances. I've been preaching that. If, if SummerSlam doesn't produce a significant jump in network buys, I'd get rid of Brock Lesnar. He's clearly not worth it. He hasn't been worth it for years. Yep. Get rid of him instead of these back-end people. It's your talent that's not drawing. It was your dumb business pl dumb promises you made that aren't meeting expectations. Yeah. Cut your own salary. And what's another thing that's extremely interesting too is that we're talking about all this now of, of people leaving, you know, 128,000 leaving, and then, you know, a net of 33 or whatever. We're not even at that six month commitment point yet. Which, very interestingly, I don't know if when you signed up, but, but this, there was kind of odds and ends reports. When you signed up, you had to opt in for auto renewal. And that was a big question that came up later in the and And it seemed to get everybody a little tense. Is, Somebody went on the question and said, hey, how many people are in auto-opt-in? And, they and Darius said, we're not going to talk they about that. They wouldn't answer that. Barrios' big response today was, I'm not going to talk about that. Or, yeah, he said that about six or seven times. Yeah. Or, you know, there, there was the, the one question I love, too. Uh, they mentioned that the network was going to bring pay-per-view to markets that didn't have any access to, uh, to the pay-per-view events. And somebody asked him what those markets are. And his answer was, a lot. <laughs> this is another man who makes millions of dollars, presumably, <laughs> to do this job, and he wouldn't answer any questions and didn't have answers. It's questions. over the top, Joe. I'm just going to say over the top and hope that you understand what that means. Over the top. It was, a, so, it was, it was an absolute fiasco. Uh, Why don't you get rid of Barrios? Why don't you get rid of him? He's, uh, I thought, I, I'm surprised he's still there. I'll be honest. I thought after that first number, they would say, okay. Why don't you get rid of him? Instead of the poor slob working in marketing. can't afford two cars and can't go on a vacation to begin with. Why don't you get rid of him? There's some of these wrestlers who do nothing, who will be fine. They'll be fine. You, you don't think Mark Henry will be fine? You cut him loose? He'll be booked tomorrow, a million plays. He'll be booked through next year tomorrow if you cut Mark Henry. Kane's got millions of dollars, right? Get rid of Kane and his bloated salary. Those guys will be fine. They're not drawing a dime. And that's, I think this is the real interesting thing about this entire thing. And, and you sort of talked about it a little bit on Twitter, and I thought it was, is that we're getting to a point now where you really have to think of these pay-per-views and think of these events and really start getting back, in a lot of ways, go back to the old era of, of drawing people. I mean, for a while, WWE had just kind of rested on their laurels, and, and everything was sort of the same. It was, you know, Raw got this X amount, you know, these pay-per-views maybe here and there would have big bliss. We'd all build a WrestleMania. We'd build the Royal Rumble. We'd build the SummerSlam. The B-Shows would get their little bit. It's all hands on deck. You have to get people that are, you have to compel people to buy this stuff more so than they have done in a number of years. I mean, this goes back, this is, this is old school wrestling to do this, where these events and these matches or whatever need to be drawn to the network. That you have to think, you got your Raw contract, you got to let go of Raw and not make that the big deal anymore. You know what I mean? Where you, you can't have Roman Reigns in a popular spot. If, if he's your guy and he's your big draw, you can't have him in main events against 
big guys. You can't have Randy Orton in big if he's a guy. I mean, he's not going to move the needle at all, as we've found. I mean, this is it's getting very interesting now. Is that we're sort of getting back to this old model of you got to drive people to this. It's not just about getting ratings anymore. I mean, we've been so obsessed, and that company's been so obsessed about ratings for so long and making sure that Raw is such a big show and a big deal or whatever. You cannot worry about yeah, that. Yeah, well, anymore. that blew up in their face too when they got that TV deal. Right, exactly. And and what did that you know that you sold out to make your TV the biggest thing in the world, and it's 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 faltered and and it's caused you a, a ton of issues and now you're at a point where you have made and trained a, an audience to not buy your product to say cool every monday i get three hours for free done turn off i'm out and i'll tell you what and I'll tell you, you and i you know you and i'll watch clash of the champions till we're blue in the face we'll watch wccw but that's not nobody else I mean, cares nah, nobody that. cares no one cares about that shit and and the fact of the matter is if you think you're going to draw people to this thing by giving them a john cena versus roman reigns versus randy orton versus kane uh, pay-per-view main event. If you think that, no one's putting down. Nobody is putting down 999 who wasn't already putting it down to see that raw level main event for a pay-per-view. Yeah. They and that's the problem is you. I think right there when you said raw level, and that's the problem is they have to break that where you can't be getting those on raw anymore. They need to completely change the way that they do their television and that the way they present their product. It has to completely change. The important mm-hmm. shit has to be shifted to the network. You yep. can't completely. So if it's on main event, so be it. You can't completely abandon Raw. You owe something to those television partners, but you 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 have to go back closer to the days where all of the important stuff was stuff that they made people pay for. It has right. to go. It has to. Whether that means just shifting all of your title matches to the network. Someone said John Cena should never wrestle on free TV again. Put him on the network. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are risky. Hey, Jurassic times. Yeah. These are risky outside the box ideas that they're going to have to try to get people to buy this thing, or they're going to keep laying off seven percent of their workforce. And unfortunately, it's going to be Sylvester Lafort and NXT people making forty thousand a year, and your back end employees that are going to feel the brunt of it. That's who's going to look at the last mm-hmm. Black Thursday. It was the bottom rung of the television roster. Right. They don't, they're not showing any guts that here. That could have been a million. That was probably a million dollars total that, for, I mean, 1.5 at most for, I mean, for all those dudes. I mean, come on. Not showing any guts here. Yeah. Okay. Not showing any guts here. And again, I don't want anyone to lose their job. But cut the people who could absorb it and the ones who were going to make the biggest dent into that bottom line. These guys with the high uh, downsides. Who've been with the company for years and have, and have banked tons of money and are going to be fine. Those people will be fine. Kane would be fine if they cut him in the mark. Kane never has to step in a ring again. Can we be honest? No. Unless he's a complete idiot. And he doesn't strike me as that. It strikes me as no. A he's got a, he's guy. got a TV. He's got a TV history. He's a, or he's, he, a fa- he's got a. He's a family man. He, he seems like a smart yeah, guy. He'll be fine. And he and even if he needed the money, he'd be book solid from 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 now till 2017 if he come tomorrow. Yeah. Give me a fucking break. He'd be at every convention ever if he wanted to be. He'd, be, he'd do a million shoot interviews if he wanted to. He'd be working every PWS show until the end of time if he wanted to. So d- 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 cut those guys, but they won't do that. Cut, get rid of Barrios. What the hell is he doing? He can't even answer a question at, at a, at a pre- Get rid of him. What's he, what's he bringing to the table? Show some guts. Come out tomorrow. And have a presser and, 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 and cut Steph and Triple H and Vince's salaries. Do that. Show me something. Yeah, Vince, I'm not gonna take a, I'm not gonna take any money for the next five years yeah. until this thing, you know, I, I'm committed to pay yourself my a, life's work pay, will be this thing is gonna work. Your, so I don't care. Yeah. Pay yourself a dollar like Roger Goodell right. did. 
Roger Goodell fucks up another. Well, but but he, but you know what though? <laughs> but you know what though? He paid himself a dollar during that work yeah. stoppage, and he might have been grandstanding, but you know he wasn't gonna take more than a dollar until the product came back. So you know I can't kill him for that. But I think that's really the thing, and and, and we've had people, and you sort of mentioned it. You, you you put the question out to people on Twitter. Okay, now what do you do? And and we've heard little stuff here and there about you know, well the NXT has to be more important. This has to be more important. And, and and I agree with a lot of the stuff that's really come out and a lot of the ideas. But as you as as we sort of alluded to right now is you have to right now all hands on deck. Everybody get in here and say you know what what we're doing isn't working. We got to completely alter the way we do TV. We do pay per views. How we present these pay per views. How we, I mean, it's it can't be these. And, and we have people on Twitter saying, "Oh, you know, you got to wait and see. You got to wait and see. You got to wait and see." What magical thing do you yeah. think is going to happen that all of a sudden in, in a year is going to all of a sudden make people join yeah. on? I mean, it has. You cannot keep doing what they're doing now, or else you're going to get thirty three thousand. There's no more wait. Net subscribers in six months. I mean, that that's you got to. The whole thing has to change. The whole way that you approach wrestling and booking wrestling and, and when matches happen and, and that sort of stuff, that's got to change. I mean, if this is really, as you said, or as people are saying, a, a shift in the business, which it absolutely is, then make it that way. Don't just do the same old thing and have Jerry Lawler go, oh, get the network. It's awesome. You know, it, it can't be that. There's no more wait and see. It ha- they have to drastically change the way they present their And Monday Night War and WWE rivalries is not going to be None of that shit. Matters. Oh, when they put Nitro on there, everyone's going to get on there. Okay. Well, how many people are still watching the old WCW pay-per-views? I mean, the, the first two weeks after that, we had everybody in the world live tweeting every event they've ever seen. And now there's two people that do it ever. It's, 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 they yeah. have to completely drastically change the way they do their business. And the important shit has to be on this network. Yep. It, like I said, you have to go back to it, it, it's, it. Think of it as a house show. Think of WWE Network as a house show. You have to tell these people right now it's got to be the regional, it's got to be whatever. It's just the, the drive, the 100% drive of the product has to be to the network if it's going to be this big deal, if it's going to be that shift in business. You can't just, I mean, this, this idea of, hey, we're going to give you the exact same product you were getting before, but hey, buy this network because it's over the top. I mean, that, it's, it's okay. It's not working. And WrestleMania didn't do it, so now you know. And that's what we said from the beginning. And that's where a lot of people were saying, oh, you're just, you know, you're just gloating because you were right. I mean, it, it's not that we were right. This isn't an opinion-based thing. This is numbers. And we said, and the numbers said that if, if WrestleMania wasn't going to do it, what in your world, how dumb could you be thinking that there's anything else? What else is there? That thing drove their product, WrestleMania. I mean, that thing, and, and Chris Harrington has done num- numerous studies on that. I mean, that thing is 20% of their overall revenue for a year. That thing is a monster, WrestleMania. That's it. Re- that's WrestleMania was it, and that's what we were screaming from the rooftops. And the, If WrestleMania didn't get a million, you're done. Yeah, I mean, you're, there's, you're it's not going to happen. Without thinking outside the box and doing something different. So. Yeah, now you have to drastically change something. and it, 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 It's very interesting. And, and there's a few other things that came out um, of the Q2 that I want to talk about real quick as well. Um, they did confirm still that their their pay-per-view revenue they have at zero for 2015. So there's the idea that they're going back on pay-per-view or anything. That's not happening. So um, unless that drastically changes anytime soon. But uh, international rollout's finally happening. So I can't wait till that. Ha- I, I guess we'll have to wait for that, Joe. Because remember how that's going to change everything again? Yeah, you know, it's... So when they get another 70000 from that and then the expenses go up, then we can we can have this conversation again in a few months. I don't know but why we'll people wait. think if, if they're getting less than 700,000 people in, in the United States... Their home base, their biggest why market. Yeah. Why internationally where a, a, a mm-hmm. large chunk of people own it? Singapore is just frothing at the I, mouth, I, I Joe, to get this thing. I don't know why that's going to make... 100,000 Singaporeans are just... Is that Singapore? How do you... What are Singapore citizens called thailand right thai thai people oh why does it say singapore 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 is in thailand isn't it no no okay i'm looking it's not no i'm no geography major but uh singapore is uh no it's it's a sovereign state is it really yeah there you go 
geography lessons here on uh, let's the Republic of, yeah, yeah Republic of Singapore yeah. is a is a is a sovereign city state no. island in Southeast Asia. Southern tip of the Malay Peninsula. <laughs> there you go. All right. Singapore is a sovereign. What are the natives called? I don't know. Are Singaporeans? Singaporeans. They're frothing at the mouth, Joe. They can't wait. Well, yeah, whatever. Somebody, the people that, the, the problem is the international. Once Malaysia gets it, it's, it's all the over. Problem is the problem is the international people who are frothing at the mouth already have it. And no one, no <laughs> one wants to believe that either. Even though Dave Meltzer and Chris Harrington did independent studies and came up with the same number <laughs> and came up with the same fucking number independently. But, you know, you know, what do you get to do? It's, it's, look, it's not good, people. The number, if, if you're wondering if the number is good or bad, maybe you're a first-time listener, this number wasn't bad that came out. It was horrendous. It was, it was yeah. scary. They, listen, when things are going swimmingly, what did they call it, a solid base? Yeah, they, when, they said 700,000 is a solid when base. When you have a solid base and things are going good, you don't fire 7% of your workers. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's what they're doing. So that tells you all you need to know. So. Uh, a few other things that, that, that came up before we move on to another topic here. Um, uh, Canada, and that's experiencing for any Canadian listeners that we have, a very interesting model that WWE is doing, one that was outdated. Remember how a year ago or a year or two ago the, the pay channel was outdated and, and, and irrelevant? Yes. Well, uh, WWE will be launching a pay channel model in Canada for the WWE Network. So they'll have a live stream that people can pay for, and then they'll also do a an HBO, a, a similar to HBO Go, where, where you'll have an authenticated app that will have the on-demand content. So, yeah. And they'll be, and they'll be, and they'll be counting this with the network in the Yes, and there's a lot of things that are being lumped into the network now. So of, here's your other clue. Now they're starting to fluff the numbers because you can yes. definitely argue for or against the idea that, that these subscriptions should count towards the network subscriptions, but they're lumping them all in. And this deal, Joe, 10 years. It's insane. That's, I'd say. That's... And uh, one, of, one of the things that was funny, too, um, somebody asked a question, and, and Barros was about to say something stupid, and Vince just said, they gave us an offer we couldn't refuse. Right. And once It just interrupted and said, that's why we did it, because money. I want money. <laughs> like, Vince... I need money. <laughs> Vince talked, and that was that. And, uh, and Barrios went, yeah, okay. And then they yeah. asked Barrios what the top 10 markets were for, uh, and he didn't have an answer for that either. He didn't, you know, over the top. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. They come ill prepared or they either come, it's either that they're ill prepared for these things or they just don't want to reveal anything. And either mm-hmm. way, I mean, you know, what the fuck? I don't own the stock, but I'd I would. I would hate if you imagine if you were an actually investor because I'm not an investor, and, and people might mix that up. I don't care. I mean, one way or another, it doesn't really matter to me. Like I mean, I, do, I just watch the product. Honestly, I'd like it to do well. I, I, yeah. I would like to pay nine ninety nine for this thing for the rest of the time, but I know mm-hmm. the price is going to go up, or I know they're going to charge us for the pay per views. Well, speaking of, um, not charging for the pay per view, but one more thing before we get out is the uh, difference. Not get out. We're some more topics still. Come on, it's not going to end now. But um, issues with the um, they're now doing a one month subscription at nineteen ninety nine, and that that uh, some people have said that's a smart idea. But one of the issues is, uh, and they're also going to do a um, uh, an issue sort of where you, you can pay six months up front, so it's less of the the, the monthly sure. nine ninety nine commitment thing or whatever. But the one thing, the big thing is that the, the one month subscription at nineteen ninety nine. So. Yes, this is a good idea because I want WrestleMania. I don't want all this other stuff. 1999, huge savings. Good. I'm saving 40 to 50% off, you know, these big shows. Big deal. Cool. But why? And my question to a few people on Twitter was okay, but right now they're giving you 80% off these pay per views and people aren't taking it. I never thought that the six month commitment thing was the reason why people didn't like this thing. Did you ever get that impression that people are saying, well, whoa, 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 six month commitment? I. And I get 80% off, you know, all this content. I never thought not, that that was the issue. Not in significant numbers, no. 
No, and, and so what, the, what this thing does is it's cool. It's a good idea. I mean, yeah, it's, it, 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 it makes sense. And it, it, it seems like it would work that people, hey, I want to watch SummerSlam 1999. Cool. There you go. Good savings. But those aren't, I mean, those aren't good numbers. Those are not going to, I mean, that's just going to be blips of revenue here and there. You don't need that. Well, I think uh, their hopes are that the people will buy it uh, to watch the Royal Rumble or watch whatever pay-per-view. Yeah, and forget to auto-renew. No, no, no. Or, or they're interested in that particular month's uh, pay-per-view for whatever reason or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And then they see the rest of the content and decide, you know what, this is pretty cool. I'm going I'm yeah. to pay the nine ninety nine from here on forward. I think that's what they're hoping. It's worth a shot because, you know, the other oh, thing is the nineteen ninety nine isn't that far off from the rake that they were taking from traditional pay-per-view anyway. Right. It's a little less, but it's not significantly less. So um, it's not a bad idea. And look, I'm not going to rip them for trying new things because they need to. They need to rip new things. They need to try new things. So I can't rip them for it. It's worth a go. It's definitely worth a go. It's definitely worth a shot. So yeah, no, I like it. But 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 they need instead of fucking around with the pricing and and and, and different uh, hustles and ways to to get people to to to, to pay renewals for the thing, and <laughs> how about revamp. Nothing's going to change until they revamp the way the product is structured or yep. the product catches fire and gets hot. If the and, and that's what, that was one of my big things high, again. Then is... all bets are off. Right. But I don't think, look, Roman Reigns is no stone cold Steve Austin, sir. And I don't think he's ever going to be. So I, you know, I don't see the product catching fire anytime soon uh, to that type of level. I just don't. Um, so they're just going to have to present their product in a different way and put more important mm -hmm. shit on the network. Yep. That's it. So that's, uh, that's WWE network stuff uh, in the Q2. So as I mentioned, uh, definitely check out Chris Harrington's got a piece up right now on uh, Bleacher Report, which is a new home. And that, that's a really good piece. really covers everything that you'll need to do and does it in a real good way as well as Chris Harrington's. I don't know how know, many times you got to so. tell people that they need to read Chris Harrington's stuff. And well, because then people argue with us and I go, did you read that? No. Read the damn guy. <laughs> like, I'm not going to talk to you until you I read mean, this. Read his like, stuff. He's on top of it more than probably anybody. More than even. I think you, you said that the other day and I tell that people now, it, it, until you can prove that you read this article i'm not going to talk to you anymore because you don't know what you're talking about then. I, yeah i mean he's on top until you've read this chris harrington piece you don't know what you're talking about whatsoever and it's and it's it's you can you can tell you know there it's conjecture but he's basing it on facts and data and numbers mm -hmm. and every step of the way the guy's been super accurate i mean geez he's been more accurate than anybody every step of the way what was his estimate today 745 he had seven, yeah, it was seven, uh, seven four six, I believe. Seven forty six. So he overshot by forty six thousand, a little more, because again, I don't buy the seven hundred number. I, it's obviously lower than seven hundred. It's very round. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's, good that they got that one guy to make it. <laughs> it's, make it officially seven hundred. Clearly rounded up. I mean, they, yeah. they essentially. Here's the bottom line. If here's all you need to know, they essentially added nothing since the last call. The next one is going to be the interesting one because we'll see what Brock Lesnar added. The only problem with that is things are going to get murky with the 1999 and the, you know what I mean? And some of the international getting rolled out and whatnot, but um, we'll see what Brock Lesnar really means on the next one, because the, the, the SummerSlam number will presumably, you know, be part of that uh, by the next time we have another call. Correct. So, yes. Um, yeah. That should hopefully be, uh, that'll be involved in the, in the Q3, which is going to be a very interesting one. Cause they, they're again, I, I, I fear that we're doing the same deal where we're going to do it's, it's, it's all hands on deck in a way that we're trying to do these different things in 1999 and we're cutting some guys here, da, 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 but I don't think that they still, I mean, they has still haven't come up and said, we're radically changing how we're going to do business. They're, it's still just these little, as you mentioned, so, you know, you know, refer your friend and get 10 bucks and that sort of stuff. And Hey, you know, no credit card one. I mean, we're still doing that sort of stuff and it needs, it's, you got to do more. Hey, look, if Brock's a different, got to be back if, in if stuff. Brock yeah. is a difference maker, make a difference here. This is a yeah, huge this event for him. 
it's a huge event for his legacy. If you're into mm -hmm. the Hall of Fame stuff, it's big for that. Uh, you know, if, if, if this event doesn't produce, if Brock doesn't produce here, which I don't know if he will, I, I sort of think that the, the, the rub is gone with that. But, uh, you know, he needs to produce here. So, you know, you know, Paul Heyman might be the most important person in WWE right now because he's got to put over this SummerSlam match and get people to subscribe to this network to watch Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. Yep. It's all about Paul Heyman and John Cena because Brock Lesnar's aura is what it is at this point. Uh, you know, none of that's going to change. And he's not going to be there. Right. <laughs> that's the problem, too. He's not going to be there. So, so I mean, you know, it, it's up to Paul Heyman and, and, and John Cena right now to, 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 mm -hmm. to, 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 to get some significant buys here because – you know, after that, there's, you know, then it's Rumble. Then we're waiting for, because then nothing between yep. then and now, unless something changes, uh -huh. is going to drive anything into, in, until Royal Rumble. So, oh man, it's just, you know, we're, you know, it's, we, you know, it's, it, we wish we had something good to say ever about this thing. Yep. We love it. I, I'm, I'm, we'll be watching it in a few minutes when we're done here, but yeah. I tell, I tell you what, Rich, I was talking about that pizzeria that opened a couple blocks over. Yeah. I got a hold of the menu here. Okay, let's let's read the menu I'm, word for I'm, word. I'm not encouraged, and uh -oh. I'm going to tell you why. Let's see. There's a lot of fancy pizza on this menu, <laughs> and from my experience, uh, fancy pizza. Well, explain fancy pizza. Well, let's, let's... well, I'll explain it to you. When I was back home in Jersey, and I was going to a pizzeria, I'm going to walk in. If I'm going to get a pie or I'm going to get a slice, I'm just getting plain or I'm getting pepperoni. Okay. Yeah. Plain, plain, not cheese. You just say plain. You know, you don't walk in and say cheese. That that's an instant indicator that you're not from the New York. I, I have a story here in a sec, right? but I'll, I'll let you know when you when so you, you walk in. You get plain. You get pepperoni. You don't get. Listen, you don't put fruit. You don't get pineapple. All this bullshit. All right, anyway, There's nothing wrong with pineapple. I'm sorry, no. You're, that's because you're not from. You're, you're you're from Chicago. You don't know what the hell you're talking about either. So here we oh, go. I get I get shit for putting pineapple on pizza here. So, so. here we go. Here, here okay. I got this menu here, and I'm already concerned. Uh, Philly cheesesteak pizza. Spicy Hawaiian pizza, buffalo chicken pizza. These all sound really good to me. I don't know what you're Mediterranean about. pizza, which is white cream sauce, sliced mushrooms, mm -hmm. red onions, yep. zucchinis, spinach, artichokes, capers, capers. <laughs> Ripe olive. Grandpa Lanza is turning in his grave. I don't know if your your grandpa's dead, but if he had capers yeah, on his he, pizza, he's, he's dead. All right. Ripe olives and blended. Let me tell you something. All I want is a pie. I just want a pepperoni pie. Well, I don't need you to reinvent the wheel. Well, I don't think you have to order the one with capers on it. Yeah, but this is all that's on the menu. This that's scares me because, look, I'm sure I can call these guys up and say, deliver me it a It doesn't pepperoni. say list of ingredients. It doesn't no, 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 say I cheese. I could probably do that. Size, Listen, yeah, I could okay. probably call them up and do that. But the fact of the matter that they're pushing all these, you know, ridiculous fancy pizzas tells me that they don't they, – they can't even get the – I guarantee you they don't get the basics right. I guarantee it, Rich. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. When I walk into a pizza, you know, you go to New York City, you go to New Jersey, you walk in a pizzeria. What I want to see when I walk in is a crusty-looking Italian guy with a white T-shirt with marinara <laughs> and oil stains. And, an eight, and chest hair, invisible chest visible hair. Visible chest hair peeking out from the V-neck, from the V-neck, <laughs> and again, that's the key, wearing an apron around his waist that he's had since 1978 because he's too cheap to order new aprons. Okay, because he's paying he's paying exorbitant New York City rent or East Coast rent. Okay, and you walk in and he's got the pizzas ready and he's got a plain pie and he's got a pepperoni pie sitting there and those are your choices. 
That's your those are your slice choices. Like you, you want to get a pie with mushroom or sausage, so I'll make it for you. But if you want slices, those are your that's what you want. You don't want to walk in there and see Mediterranean pizza with white cream sauce, sliced mushrooms, red onion zucchini. That's a joke. That's a joke. And I dare you, I dare you to walk in and say, Oh, I can I have a pot can I have a Hawaiian? He'll throw you out of the joint. As Billy <laughs> should. As he's Billy never should. even had a pineapple. He'll, that dude's never even had a pineapple. He'll throw you right out of there pineapple he'll throw you out of there as well he should so i'm a little concerned about this that's not good yeah it's a bad start i i i enjoyed all the pizzas that you said but i think it, it, the way that your menu sort of saying that the menu's got to say and I, I worked at a pizza place for five or six years or whatever you have to the, the, the head of it has to be here's what we got and that's what we sort of had we had the cheese one topping two topping three topping then we had a list of toppings down there but I worked there. Pretty much everybody got sausage or, or, or pepperoni. It was pretty much. This is like Chikara pizza. I don't, I don't need. It is. Listen, yeah. I don't need you to reinvent the pizza. I don't. And we had we had a few specials pizza. here. We had like the Angelo special, and that was sausage, green pepper, onion, and mushroom, which is I, you'd be okay with that, right? Oh yeah, no, no, that's fine. There's no capers. I, I, I mean, no. I don't need caper on my pizza. I don't need caper on anything. But I definitely don't need capers on my pizza. This yeah, that's, that's not good. Uh, my, my story was pretty interesting. So my buddy, uh, he moved to a new apartment. And, and I'll tie this in because we were watching the network. And we decided we wanted to get something to eat. So, of course, we we're going to get pizza. So he's got this, you know, he moved in. His, his apartment gave him a stack of coupons of here's, you know, area businesses to, to attend. So we get, we get this one. They have a really good deal. It's like $14.99 for like a 20-inch pizza. And we're not going to eat a 20-inch pizza. But we're like, shit, you know, he'll have pizza for days. He just moved into an apartment. So we, we, we called to order them. We're going to get pepperoni because that's usually when me and him get together. And you would appreciate this. We get pepperoni. He's, he's a no-nonsense guy too. If, if there was a pepperoni's pizza, he'd probably just never eat pizza again. So, so he, we just get pepperoni. So he calls the guy and he, he goes, "Okay, yeah, I have a coupon for for you know the fourteen ninety nine one time plus a topping. So it's fourteen ninety nine plus a topping." So he says, "Yeah, we'll get um, we'll get pepperoni as our topping." And the guy goes, "Okay, cool." And then delivery, da da da. So he goes, "Okay, that'll be twenty one fifty or something like that." And my buddy goes, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" I said I had a coupon for fourteen ninety nine, and he goes, "Yeah," and he goes, and "Plus one topping, right?" And he goes, "How much is the topping?" And he goes, oh, you know, dollar twenty five, two dollars, whatever it is. So he goes, I, I, I'm still not getting how this is adding up. He goes, yeah, you got cheese and you got pepperoni. And everyone, yeah. And he goes, yeah, cheese is a oh, topping. Oh, he counted cheese as a topping? And my buddy said, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, you. absolutely. I would have. And ripped that piece of thing up. And we never, I mean, that place. I'd say call the cops. I'm not paying for cheese as a topping. Get lost, pal. Is, is pizza pizza without I, cheese? I, it's, it's literally not. Like, there's, there's, it's not like a, the essential part of pizza is the cheese. You have never seen us. I mean, we ranted about this thing for an hour and a half. Like it ruined our night that this I, guy that's even ridiculous. Even insinuated that cheese counted as a topping. That's ridiculous. So we wanted to call back and just order pizza with just the the pepperoni. Uh, he would have said. And see what he does. Does he just put sauce on top of it? Right. Like the thing's gonna burn like crazy. All right, have fun. He's, Clean your oven for the rest of the week. He's scamming everybody. Uh, on this on this menu, there's also a summer berry salad. This is not looking good, Rich. <laughs> it's not looking good. A little strawberry um, walnut. With a, yeah, a vinaigrette it's a, dressing, it's a, yeah. it's a fresh spring lettuce and sliced strawberries tossed with cranberries, uh, pecans, and feta cheese sprinkled with raspberry vinaigrette You don't even know how to dressing. pronounce it. It's that bad that you don't even know how to pronounce it. What do you it. mean? What, what? It's feta. Yeah, feta. Oh. And pecans. I don't, I don't say pecan either. It's pecans. <laughs> right? And the raspberry vinaigrette I think dressing. I say pecan. Or I say pecan. pecan. Yeah, it's a pecan. Yeah, pecan. Yeah, um, um, And then they have uh, – they've got the uh, – here's an interesting one. This poor co- – they better sponsor us. They've got it. I'll plug them. It's Game Time Pizza, College Station, Texas. Uh, okay. here we, sandwiches here. We got one called uh, The Boss, which can tie into NXT because that would be uh, – uh, what's that broad's name? The uh, – <laughs> the uh, whatchamacallit? 
the tag team partner of uh she's really bad what's her name sasha Banks. Sasha Sasha Banks. Banks. She's, she's, i'm laughing at the fact that we... she's the pits but uh <laughs> call her a bra great she's... all the progress we made now we're back to she's the boss though and they got a sandwich yeah yeah she has she wears a giant necklace yeah, as boss, they got a so. sandwich here called the boss and boss is in capital letters too rich mm. they mean business with this boss sandwich here. i'm looking at the uh, at their, uh their yellow pages thing here is hand tossed dough baked in a stone oven with the fresh ingredients available so if it's a stone oven more times than not it sucks so you looked up game time pizza that's what you're looking at yeah i did yeah. yep they, they do on the bottom of the menu have a create your own option with this with the with the toppings that's we'll got to be front and center though but, no. but i mean you can't have your fancy pizzas up top listen i understand i'm in the middle of podunk texas and the, the you know these weirdo texans are going to want these ridiculous you know fancy pizzas these you know just stupid pizzas but you know you, you, you can't feed you, you, you could have that somewhere you got to have to create your own with the toppings featured on the menu you can't have these ridiculous pizzas you know the 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 the, the meat italian pizza i mean now you're just getting too cute you know the meat italian what is that I, yeah, I don't know. I just, my, my hopes are not high, but I'll tell you what. When we end this, I'm going to go down to the game time pizza. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to get a pepperoni pie. I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to eat it. And I'm going to have a review for you next week. What's going to happen if they have Pepsi? Are you going to just flip? I've got plenty. Does anybody Listen, have Pepsi I'm, down there? I'm well stocked with the Coke Zero. At, at okay. the, at the oh, land. so you're not going to eat there. Okay, you're going to no, bring no, it back. No, no, I'm going to bring it home. I was going to say, then, you, then you're, you're liable to, no, no, to bomb I'm, the place. No, no, I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to bring home the pepperoni pie. I'm going to give a review next week. I'm well stocked with the Coke Zero at the Lance Compound. Oh, I'm looking, I'm looking at their menu right now. Okay. So, yeah. So. Ooh, yeah. You know what? The crit your own has got to be on top of the specialty pizza. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. see what I mean? Let's see what toppings we got. Pepperoni, ham, bacon. Okay, there's it. Steak. Eighteen mm. $18.99 for a large. Mmm. Not liking that, Joe. No, not liking it. <laughs> not liking it at all. Not liking all. that at all. So they, you know, that my 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 uh, my Yelp review is not starting off. Eighteen ninety nine. I do have a uh, a coupon here. Okay. It says I can redeem this coupon for free cheese filled breadsticks with any large pizza order. Hmm. So, okay. Uh, we'll we'll try these cheese filled bread. Listen again, a little too fancy. I just had pizza for lunch, but now I kind of want pizza again. I just, so. I just, I listen. If I'm gonna do a breadstick, and I don't often do a breadstick, I just want a normal. But I don't need the cheese inside. I don't need the gimmick. I, you're wrong. you're out to watch on that. These that's are, that's these good. Are, these are no, che- you need you need. I don't need Chikara gimmicks with my meal. I don't need. You just want a, you just want a crazy bread, right? Just a classic crazy bread. I don't. I just look. <laughs> I don't need chikara gimmicks with my pizza i don't need a mediterranean pizza i don't need you know uh, the, the baltic yeah you the need baltic the, yeah, siege yeah. Pizza. It's all... i just need a pizza man just like i just need wrestling you know i just need new japan to go out there and wrestle i don't need the gimmicks this is the equivalent to missile assault ant you know the Medi- yeah. I, I don't need that <laughs> the capers on the pizza is missile i don't need capers on my pizza yeah. you know i don't i don't need to play duck duck goose in the middle of a wrestling show and i don't need cheese filled breadsticks you know put the cheese on top of the breadsticks if you have to Stop trying to reinvent the wheel. It frustrates me. Especially, I mean, if you could just and and if you could just do a classic pizza in that area. But are they even would they even appreciate it though? Is that the problem too? Because I've often wondered about when I when I drive through these like podunk towns in Illinois, and I'm like, these people suck. They have no idea what they're they doing. Not, but they're just gonna eat Domino's anyway, right? There's no point. Uh yeah, we've got three Domino's, four Pizza Huts, four Little Caesars, and. Uh, Two Papa John's in town. So a Jets. You have a Jets pizza. We have those here no, now. Those no, are garbage. No Jets. That's a Midwest thing. Jets is garbage. That's a they do. Thing. They, do they do a deep dish as their specialty. They're, that sucks. They're, they're a Midwest chain, but they are starting to expand, and uh, they're, they're a big opponent of Little Caesars in the Detroit area. That's there's a big feud in mm-hmm. Detroit. Oh, okay. Over right. the deep dish marketplace now because Little Caesars wanted to stick it to Jets, so then they rolled out a deep dish pizza. 
And, and no one cares. I don't, what the hell are we talking about now? <laughs> I mean, that, people are going to love this part. I, they probably you, you, you know, Joe. You know, it's, it's uh, when we it's go wildly odd. off topic is when people really uh, give the most praise. This is, it's, it's you know what, it, it, a part of me, and, and and maybe maybe we can get on this and we can slowly transition to site because this wrestling thing isn't going anywhere. It's terrible. Nobody reads. Um, I've always wanted to, and, and my buddies have always talked about doing a pizza block where we just go to pizza places and, and have the pizza, review them, talk about the plays. You know, give ratings, that sort of stuff. It's a blog devoted to us going to pizza. And then my hope is that we walk into a place and they go, Rich. And then they get back there and they huddle around. They go, okay, we got to make the best pizza possible. I mean, this guy's coming in. This is the big dig. You know, this, this guy's a big deal. We got to make this thing good. And that, that's my dream. Right? I, listen. I dream high, clearly. I mean. You take it all over the country. You can come down here and try the game time pizza. That's what I mean. Texas and see if they're Chikara pizzas. See, I'm, I'm kind of. So if you want to slowly transition to that, you you corner that bottom market. I come up here. We find a, you know, a, a West Coast representative and then we you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get one of each i'm gonna get, gonna get the standard pepperoni pizza all right okay pick me a chikara pie here off the menu you're looking at it oh shoot i, I got rid of it okay, okay we got the... game time pizza no i got it all let right. me get it up you pick one i'm following them on facebook now so all right. we're getting all their updates pick out i'm not liking the way they're uh they're managing their facebook page either is this like no. a uh, angel fire website or a geo um, website they don't have a website yet because oh, okay, okay. you know that's oh. uh, oh, they have breakfast tacos too this is not looking good <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking good. It says <laughs> their about section says pizza sandwiches, breakfast tacos, and pastries. Ugh. Have, do they have kolaches? <laughs> if they have a cannoli, I'm into that. But uh, breakfast tacos. Let's see here. Okay, we got the Philly cheese, which is marinara steak. Okay, spicy Hawaiian. That I'm not gonna make you do that. Uh, Mediterranean. Uh, <sighs> Let's see here. Um, let's do, you know, let's do the Philly cheesesteak. All right, I'm going to do the Philly cheesesteak. Cheese I, I feel like you would like that one the best. I will, I will taste that one. That, that'll that be the Chikara choice, the Chikara okay. pizza. And I get the free cheese-filled breadsticks here as part of it. You're going to have a good night. So I'm going to so. get the pepperoni pie. Make sure they – Palace Station ladies, uh, Joe's house. Uh... Joe's house tonight, let me tell you. It, the party's <laughs> here. I got cheese-filled breadsticks for everybody. Dr. So, Pepper uh, flowing. No, no, no. Oh, sorry, Coke, Coke Zero. Coke Zero. I'm well-stocked on the Coke Zero. <laughs> I do have some Dr. Pepper 10 as well, but I'm going to stick with the I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some pizza. <laughs> For a man who doesn't like fancy pizza. I got to have, you know, I got to have my low-calorie uh, cola, you know. I, I, I can't get by with just – I need my caffeine, Rich. I need my caffeine. Yeah. So, uh, you know. I, Not a coffee. You don't drink coffee I don't at all, drink right? coffee at all, no. Co mm. Coffee is – the, the flavor of coffee just uh, – it, it doesn't agree with me. It, it okay. doesn't taste good, so – I'm not gonna sit. I'm not gonna drink tea because that's a little too feminine. You know what I mean? I gotta I, <laughs> drink tea right I, now. I can't. I can't drink tea. I can't do it. That's. I gotta. It's not masculine enough for me. I'm weird like that. You know. I, as, you know. I, I can't. You have problems. I do. I do have a lot of problems. I have a ton of problems. <laughs> we can, we of can discuss those sometime. But I, I can't do. I can't do hot tea because I think it's too feminine. And I okay. and I don't like cold tea. Everyone down here drinks sweet tea because it's the South. You know. It's yeah, sweet tea. and it's great and it's delicious. It's disgusting tea. No, Let me tell you something. No, you're when you're wrong. drinking tea, you're essentially drinking swamp. It's leaves and water. You're drinking swamp water. <laughs> it's gross. It's delicious. Oh, that, that tea flavor. Oh, it's just the worst. I can tolerate it if it's warm. But again, then I feel like I have to have a pinky off the cup. I can't do it. You know, it's just it's a little too feminine for me. A little lemon, a little honey. I can't do lemon and honey. You know, I'm a man. I don't, I don't do it. I, I'm straight. I'm a man. You know, I can't be busting out lemon and honey. You're 40. Yeah. I'm a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mike Gundy or whatever. Mike Gundy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's his name. Okay. You know, speaking of 
eating pizza in my childhood. Uh, WWE Magazine, uh, one of the <laughs> – that works that way. It'll, it'll work in the event. Um, this is another thing that sort of came out a little bit. It, it, I don't know if it was in the Q2 things exactly, but sort of the news came out that uh, October 2014 is going to be the last uh, issue of WWE Magazine published by WWE. So they're going to allow the name to be bought by somebody if somebody else wants to publish it. If, if you know, a, a random you know publishing company or anything like that wants to take the reins of the net, of the magazine, they can. But as far as we know, WWE Magazine will cease to exist as we did. And we've also heard uh, Power Slam Magazine, which is a, a famous UK magazine that for some reason, there's a bookstore by me that has like 10 magazines. None of them are sports related. I get a Baseball America, which they always have, which is great. So I go there about once a week and they have Power Slam Magazine. I don't know why they have those two, but that's all they have for sports and then like a fantasy football. <laughs> not anymore. No, not anymore. So Power Slam also going away. So we're left with, you know, Fighting Spirit Magazine. Obviously, you know, great magazine that, that you contribute to sometimes as well. Um, then, and, and the magazine game, I mean, the, the after mags are, are, have pretty much ceased to exist. Oh, they and, exist and they're like $20. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've, they've, they've ceased to exist in any form that we remember them. They're not what they were before. I mean, the, the PWI 500 doesn't come out in a, in a nice book anymore. I, that I know of, does it? Uh, no, no, it does they, still. No, it's in a magazine. Out, yeah. PWI 500. yeah, but they used to have, remember that little compact book they used no, to no, have? No, you're talking about they used to have the annuals. Oh, that was it, the annuals, right, They were, they right, were like right, the right, size right. of a Reader's Digest, and they were, yes. yeah, that, those were they the were annuals. Yeah. And mine all wore the out. Almanac, like the, the Almanac. Games. Yeah, the Almanac, that's right. Yeah, right, it was 2003 Almanac or whatever. So anyway, for as, as far as we can tell, I mean, the, the, the print medium for wrestling is, is done. It's dead, never coming back, obviously. Uh, we had, uh, Robert wanted us to talk a little bit about this, and I don't know if you have fond memories of, like, wrestling magazines, but what are your sort of memories growing up? Today, you know, that sort of stuff of wrestling magazines or of wrestling print, whether it be PWI, WCW magazine, you know, ECW had a magazine, that sort of stuff. Any of those. Do you have a strong connection to those a, at all? Or? I was an aftermag guy for sure. Same I'd go to the grocery store with my mother and I'd beg her to buy the PWI every month. And, uh, you know, for sure I was into that and I, I still have them somewhere. Um, and, then, and then, you know, eventually I discovered like Wrestling Eye. I don't know if you remember that one. And uh, see, that one would have like they would. Yeah, that one was good because it would have a lot of insider stuff and a lot of like cave, you know, they like break kayfabe in the wrestling. I oh, that was before. Yeah, no, I, I. This was. I'm looking at the top. Yeah, no, this is way before. That me, was yeah. George Napolitano, I believe. And uh, you know, so then I got into Wrestling Eye, and then you know, through the Wrestling Eye, you know, I discovered a Wade Keller ad for the Torch when I was about I don't know, fifteen, sixteen. So then I subscribed to the torch through the ad that he had in like wrestling eye or whatever it was. And then from the torch, you know, you evolve from there and you figure out how to get the observer. Cause Dave would never advertise anywhere except when he would do like radio shows, you know, Meltzer would go on with like, uh, he, he, he would, he would come on the air with uh, rich man Cuso in New York. Anyway, rich man Cuso would do a one hour guest spot on WFAN radio in New York, Saturday nights, 2 a.m. And Rich Mancuso would come on, and occasionally Meltzer would come on with him. And then Meltzer would plug uh, the Wrestling Observer. But, but anyway, I ordered the Torch through the Wrestling Eye magazine and then, and then you know, ended up ordering the Observer, you know, being exposed to that a couple years later and, and then giving up on the Torch, tossing the Torch mm. aside, and then being an Observer subscriber ever since, probably from when I was like maybe senior year of high school, I would say, started getting the Observer. But yeah, definitely the aftermags for sure. And you know, I'll, yeah. I'll still pick them up in the store, but they're like, you know, they're like twelve ninety nine or something exorbitant. And uh, you know, they've kind of changed a lot. They're kind of they kind of break kayfabe a little now too, and they report on like television ratings and things like that. And 
Um, it's still kind of kayfabe but not. And it's it's kind of weird. It's a weird gray area. And uh, But yeah, man, I was brought up on those things, you know. W- yeah, okay. WWF Magazine, too. Not not as much, but, you know, to, you know I'd, I'd get that one every now and then. I never subscribed to any of them, though. So... Yeah, I was I was the same. I have a similar story to you is that I and, and, and that's why they have really a fond spot in, in my heart. And I think that the reason I'm a wrestling fan now is a lot of it is because of wrestling magazines, because I remember just starting to get into it a little bit. And um, from time to time, I would go to my library and my library had back issues of WWF magazine. And they went back as far as my I mean, they might have gone 88 or something like that. There was a section. It was like the young adult section that I found. I mean, I was still pretty young at this point. And I like snuck into this young. I, I didn't think I was supposed to be there because they were like weird, like teenage romance novels and stuff all over the place. So I didn't think that I was really supposed to, you know, go there or whatever. I don't know if my mom even knew I was supposed to be there, but I would go there and like there would be days you know, in the summer, if it was a rainy day or whatever, I'd ride my bike to the library, I'd go and I would just sit there and I'd read every single issue front to back. And I went through every single one from like 1997 to 1988. And that's how I learned. Cause I, like I said, I, I started watching, I mean, people might not know that, but I started watching in, you know, 96, 97 is when I caught up. I had to catch all the way back up to all this other stuff. And that's how I learned is through these magazines of reading these, reading the results, reading the stories. And obviously it was kayfabe and that sort of stuff, but it was okay. It was, I was still learning. I was seeing pictures. I knew who everybody was. I could say, okay, no, I know who Junkyard Dog is now. I can see pictures of him or stuff like that. So that was really, um, to me as well. I was the same with you with the supermarkets. Every Saturday I go with my mom, uh, to, to shop and, and that's, She'd go do her shopping, and I would be right at the magazines, and and you know they would they'd be staggering. You know, WCW magazine would come out on the first week or whatever, WF the second week, uh, and and I would go there and I'd read them all front to back while I was sitting there, you know, doing it for free. Maybe I'd buy a few of them, but you know, <laughs> I'm kind of a cheap ass, so I would sometimes I would just sit there and read it. My mom would be gone for 20 minutes, I'd sit there and read it, and um, really, I mean, it was a, it was a huge deal to me. I mean, a few of the ones that I I mean I read obviously WF magazine. Um, WCW magazine was pretty good. ECW was was odd, but that was one that I I, I enjoyed. Do you remember Wow magazine, the world of wrestling? Wow. That's where Bill Apter moved on to. When the, yep. When the Apter that's one that I really like. I got a that, I got a subscription to Wow because that was that one would bring when I first read that. all the time, and they would have it articles was, by Dave yeah. Meltzer and other people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that and that opened up everything because that was I still sort of knew a little bit, and I was kind of on the internet. But you know, you, when you I was 13, 14 at the time, I was even less. I think I was eleven or twelve at the time. So it's it's still I knew something's up, but I don't know exactly you know the back end stuff. I know it's fake i know this sort of stuff and then watch reading that it was like boom and then i got exposed to Meltzer and after and, and and all these guys and and the ads that they put in that magazine because they knew it was targeted towards smart fans that was a whole different animal and that really exploded and then from 1999 on it was like okay you know i got this now and i've become an obsessive fan ever since then but really i i don't think without going to the library and going back and reading all those old things or or, or having a wow magazine i don't know what would have happened the rest of it, I could have been like everybody else and in 2001 go, ah, shit's stupid. You know, I'm done. I'm growing up or whatever. But I had this connection to, to 30 years or whatever. And and we, my library also had really old books. Um, what was it? The, they had some of the Wrestler uh, magazines or whatever. What was the one before? It was Inside Wrestling before that, right? Well, there was the Wrestler and Inside Wrestling. And uh, um, and they put together like annuals, sports correct? Sports Review I, Wrestling. Those are all the aftermags that weren't Pro Wrestling Illustrated. No, your so, guy, um, he put out annuals, right? Who? Um, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, because this is before. Uh, which which magazine? Uh, what was the one you were talking about? Wrestling, uh, wrestling Eye. Yeah, who who was the publisher for that one again? I, I'm pretty sure it was George Napolitano. If I'm not yeah, no, there it is. Yeah, he used to put out annuals, right? I don't for Wrestling Eye. I'm not sure. 
to be honest. Okay, well, he, I remember him doing something, because I remember the name when I was growing up, too, and just watching. And then I had a whole new exposure to, like, this 70s stuff, and this was weird. Like, you know, you, you open that magazine, you got dog, dog collar matches and Craig Valentine's bleeding all over the place, and you're like, whoa, what the hell is this? And I really just had a – I mean, from there, I've, I've always been interested in history, and, and you know, pre-internet, that was my history, is going to the library and, and reading these magazines. And then when I read them all, I went back and just picked out random ones and, and reread them and did that sort of stuff, and it was – that was it for me. I mean, every month, that's what I did. And, and that was, it, it consumed me is, is reading about wrestling. And I mentioned the PWI annuals. I would go through every single one of those and, and, and thumb through the results of like, because they had results for every single, everything, like like these little cards. So that's how I knew, you know, I would see this Brian Danielson pop up everywhere in like 2001. I'm like, oh, this guy seems like he's a big deal. He's winning, you know, he's, <laughs> and that sort of stuff. And it just opened up a whole different avenue. So for me, the wrestling, I mean, the print medium for me was everything. That was how I became a wrestling fan. And now obviously with the internet, it's evolved from that. And I don't, you know, I don't buy them anymore or really read them anymore, but still it's a, it's a, it's, it's going to be a big blow, but I think there's a whole different generation. I mean, it's hard to, for me, I could still read a newspaper, but there's a generation before me that's never picked a newspaper up ever. So I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, it sucks, it's, but. it's, it's, you know, I just don't think it's something it's like you're saying, you know, people aren't brought up on, on it's a lot like newspapers. People just aren't brought up on magazines anymore. You know, everything's mm-hmm. everything's instantaneous information and magazine. You know, those 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 pro wrestling illustrators were always like two or three months behind. I remember because they would have an ad for their back issues and I would try to figure I would think of because like you, I would learn history through the magazines when I was a kid. So I would think of significant title changes or things that happened in wrestling, and then I would try to work backwards and figure out what month it would be so I could order the back issue. And I would guess wrong half the time. You know what I mean? So I'd be like, all right, yeah. I want to read the issue when, say, Hogan beat the Iron Sheik or whatever. Yeah, oh, no, I, I did that too. I would do that with the WF magazine and go, okay, July 1996. Okay, cool, they're going to talk. And then maybe this is the WrestleMania issue. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's it's August. Right. You know, or whatever. Like, they were just so behind PWI, on them. it was so hard, you know, because that would be January, so then you would order March, and then I would guess wrong, and it wouldn't be until April or whatever. So, and, and it's like, you know, especially now, I mean, and, and, that, and I'm talking 25 years ago, you know, when I was 10 years old or whatever. But you, 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 you're talking now, you forget it. If something is a day old, nobody cares about it anymore. Forget two months old. So I'm trying to look up information. I read, George Napolitano, I know he was a photographer for a long time. I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out I don't, if he was the – you know, when people listen to this, someone's going to know, obviously. But I'm trying to figure out if he was the publisher of Wrestling Eye or if he was behind that because he's, he's the name I think of whenever I think of Wrestling Eye. But I could be incorrect. Mm-hmm. He could have just been the photographer for all I know. But um, I'm I, I'm really coming up empty here on Google with information, so um, I'm actually not sure. So if we don't figure it out before we stop, um, let's see. This says Carmine he, Desperito. It says Wrestling's main event was his magazine. Was who? Uh, George. Oh, okay. Maybe that's where I'm confused. Wrestling main event was oh, his, yeah, and Wrestling Eye. Let me. Wrestling Eye is Carmine Desperito doesn't say. Is the name. Oh, is that who you got? Okay. So I, I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, um, but there, there's still a couple floating around, like you said. I mean, Fighting Spirit magazine. Yeah, they do a great job. I mean, as a magazine, um, actually, if you'd like to pick up next month's Fighting Spirit magazine, <laughs> um, I actually wrote the Battleground uh, review. So uh, I, I, I don't know why. Brian, so many people bailed on that thing that they didn't give it to you. No idea. Like, Nobody wants to do I this have thing. No idea so. how a WWE review ended up uh, on my lap. Of all people, I don't know what the hell Brian was thinking, but uh, yes, I was assigned to Battleground uh, for, 
for the upcoming issue. So I actually, I thought I, I, I tore it to shreds uh, mercilessly and I was a little worried about it. So I emailed him and said, Hey, look, I don't know what you want for, for this review. I don't know if you just want straight bare bones, straight to the facts, wrestler a beat wrestler B because, and I don't know how much you want me to editorialize because I hated this show. And, uh, you know, he basically said that, you know, he, he, for, for future reference that, you know, he wants me to be me. So if I ever get assigned to a show that I don't like again, it's going to be a lot rougher than what I did. I thought I was rough on battleground, but since he's given me free reign, uh, it's, it's, it, it, you know, you'll get more of a, uh, Voices of Wrestling style review from Joe Lanza, uh, you know, without the profanity, of course. No, but they, they do a really good job, too, and their digital, their iPad stuff is pretty and good. And I, I they say, employ a lot of good I, people. I mean, you've got exactly, Bob Naylor right. and Jim Cornette and Missy Hyatt and, and let's not forget Magnus and uh, David Bixenspan. And, and, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of interesting people. Alan. Yeah, there. sure. Alan. So there's a lot of people who uh, – who can a lot of talented people who contribute to that. So, um, you know, forget me and my stupid, you know, 700 word new Japan reviews that, you know, aren't even credited. You know, there, there's a lot more talented people than me, uh, writing for that magazine that do a great job every month. And it's really the last of its kind. Yeah. And that's, that's a big reason too. I'm not saying that you have to pity support it. Cause I think there, there, there's a lot of reasons to do it, but I think, I think there's a good, I, I think there's an important, thing that they're doing by staying alive and still being a magazine because I think and you're talking to two people right here that, that are doing this and not saying that you can't be a historian without a, a magazine like that I mean obviously you got Wikipedia at, at your fingertips or whatever but I really think there's something to be said for sort of being able to attach because to me the biggest thing was names to faces where where I I knew these guys by I mean without ever watching 1998 WWF and, and eventually went back and watched them via tapes, I knew who every guy was because I saw the, the, the pictures. I saw this sort of stuff. I, you know, it, it, there's just, I think there's a value to it of, of reading in that sort of format. And, and yeah, if you don't really, if you're not a paper person, they have an iPad app that's really good as well. That, that's great. And, and they, the layout's fantastic and that sort of stuff. So putting them over really strong, but they're the last of the dying breed. So I, 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 I tell you what. And they're worth it. Made, they're absolutely worth it. You made a good point because, you know, I probably didn't see Abdullah the Butcher wrestle a match until I never saw until 1991 when he popped up in WCW or whatever yet to me throughout the 80s when I was a little kid he was one of the most famous wrestlers on earth and why because he was shoved down your throat in those aftermax and you know the same thing applied for for you know uh tons of other guys too that great Muda was always the one that I remember is I would read those old I don't know if they were the annuals or whatever they were I read these old books and Muda was all over them and I was just like this guy's awesome you know spraying mist everywhere and the, and it was just incredible to me and I was I, I had never seen the guy and I obviously I, I didn't see him until he came to freaking WCW in 2000 remember that oh god yeah with the uh, so, insane yeah. clown posse and vampire yeah. and, you know yeah. you know the aftermag he he loves certain people um Sabu uh, oh yeah, everywhere. Uh, and and then we mentioned that about Liger. That was a huge thing of Liger. I knew who the hell Liger was. I had I hadn't watched Japanese wrestling ever. Sure, you know, and, and I knew, and I knew who Liger was. And you could show me a picture of him, and I'd say that's Juice and Thunder Liger. I knew him right away. And, and that's a lot of that is because I would read those magazines, and he'd be all over that. He'd be on the cover in the little bottom, or he'd be on a page or whatever. I mean, he's a guy that that's yeah. Liger, Muda, Sabu, uh, Lex Luger was constantly featured. Dust, mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes in the early 80s was constantly. Mill Mascaris was a guy who, oh, he was always on the cover. Um, well, and, and we even talked to people. There's, I mean, 
the, the biggest argument every single year about the Hall of Fame is about Sting. Sting. And there's people and that just will it. not let Sting down. And, and they can be given facts all over the place. But they're, the reason their memory is of Sting being a big deal is because they, they were Aftermath kids. And they said, no, this guy's on the cover all the time. I mean, after saying he's the best. like, like the, And, and, and I, I had fond thoughts of Sting, too. When I started, when I started watching, I, I went back and you know, learned about Surfer Sting and all that sort of stuff. But I was in the midst of, of, of the, you know, the Sting as he was rising through WCW. And it was like, this guy's a big deal. But I could totally see how people who were alive in there, like, he's not, you know, he's not that big of a deal, dude. But, you know, I've learned now, but I, I totally get why people defend him to death. Yeah. Because if you were, if that's what you did growing up and that you think this guy's the biggest star in the, the whole industry. And it was kind of I a mean, perfect storm for Sting at that time, too, because that's when, you know, Vince wasn't giving the Aftermags any access to his people. So, you know, as far as photo shoots and people being made available, they, they had to lean on the WCW guys heavily. And, you know, Sting was a guy that, 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 he, that they constantly featured. Luger a lot, too. And, you know, they, they really loved Luger when he was coming up. And uh, Sabu was another one a little later on, you know, in the mid-'90s. You know, Laughter mm-hmm. really took a, a liking to Sabu, and he was always portrayed as really a bigger st- – he was a big cult figure on the indie scene at that time. There's no question yeah. about it. And to me, he's a borderline Hall of Fame candidate on influence alone. I mean, he's one of the most influential – you could argue he's one of you know, the most influential wrestlers of the yeah. '90s. And I would have never. I mean, there, there's no chance I would have ever found WCW or ECW rather is because I remember that at one point they put out an ad or, or they had something or maybe after it listed it. And he said, OK, here's how you can watch ECW in your area. And I would see all the Sabu things. I went, oh, cool. And they said, you know, oh, they didn't have Chicago. They had Gary, Indiana. And I was like, ah, Gary, you know, I'm not I, I live in Chicago. There's no way I'm going to get this. So one night, Tuesday at 1 a.m. or whatever the hell it was. I said, screw it. I'm going to go to this Gary Indiana channel and see what happens. And boom, lo and behold, I had to go to my parents because we had a TV in my uh, attic that was like a UHF TV that was just hooked up via antenna. Yeah. So I said, okay, cool. I can go to that and I can look up this channel because it was a weird like 62 or whatever. And I knew, you know, 62 on my cable was Nickelodeon. So I knew it wasn't what WMA7, you know, whatever the hell call number it was. 62 over the air UHF. Exactly. Yeah. So I said, okay, you know what? Let's try it. I I got my magazine out. I went, all right, 62. Let's let's go find it out a Tuesday at 1 p.m. And I get, you know, the homicidal, suicidal T-shirt thing. And I'm, I'm like, this is it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. That's wrestling media. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, see, we're, we're not cold-hearted people. We. I think there's one left in Mexico, right? At one point there was, you know, 40. Oh, the Super Luchas, right? There was like 40 wrestling magazines a week. And, and, you know, now they're like down to one or something like Dude, that. I'm so at this Wikipedia page right now, a list of wrestling, professional wrestling magazines. Man, the 70s and 80s. Yep. What a time. I mean, just like. I mean, that's how people got their information then, man. So, you know, it's. it's. I mean, 80s, you have Wrestling Eye, Wrestling Fever, Wrestling the Main Event, um, Wrestling 83, which they had to do that as a quarterly. That was uh, Wrestling All Star Heroes and Villains, Championship Wrestling, Wrestling Ringside, Ringside Wrestling, two separate ones, by the way, Double Action Wrestling, Wrestling Power, Wrestling Action, Celebrity Wrestling, Gold Belt Wrestling. You got to remember, uh, Rich, that the After Mags alone, there were six or seven different versions. Exactly, you're right, yeah. It, you know, it was Pro Wrestling Illustrated and then The Wrestler and Sports Review Wrestling and Inside Wrestling and, and, and the you know, the wrestling with the year after, like you just mentioned, Wrestling Night, you know, it would be Wrestling Wrestling Bad Guys was a Weston one, right? You know, there was a quarterly one with, like, Wrestling 88 or, you know, whatever year it happened to be, and there were four of those per year. And, uh, you know, so even at their peak, that one publishing company had a half a dozen of these things, yeah. if not more. And then you had all these other, uh, you know, satellite ones that weren't quite as popular. So, yeah, it, it, it was huge. And that's how people got their information, even though it was always two months old. Uh, you know, that's how people. Well, got we liked it, it goddammit. No, you know, <laughs> and, and it, it did expose you to other territories and other places. And, you know, I don't know about you with the PWI. I would go right to those rankings, man. 
and yep. and I would stare at those rankings and I would say, wow, look at that. In, uh, you know, Mid-South, so-and-so moved up three spots. from. I'd get out the magazine from the month before. Okay, and then I'd get out because they didn't always put in the little parentheses what they were ranked the month before. That came later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the early. It, oh, so, you know, for me, it was always, yeah, I always got in that. In the mid so 80s, you had to get the, the one out from the month before. <laughs> it was old school. Yeah, you had to get March. You got to get March. And you'd year. have to compare, and I would get mad at the ranking. I'd be like, yeah, fuck Greg Valentine. How's he number three <laughs> in WWE? He stinks. I agree. You know, I agree. You know Greg Valentine stinks. I'm like, I just watched him. You know, he just lost to Jake Roberts on primetime wrestling. Don't they take account for that? You know, it, it, you know, you're, you're a kid. You, you take that stuff seriously, or at least I did, you know. Or the other thing I would do is I would, they'd have like the, uh, Top 10 singles and tag teams combined, like with all the, you know, worldwide, they would do a top 10 list for the single and the tag. Yeah, all right, right, and, right. And, you know, they would list the tag teams and they'd have their total combined weight. And I would sit there and nitpick because I'd be like, hold on a second. They're telling me the Road Warriors are only a combined 475 pounds. And then I would do the math and I'd get mad because the, the total combined weights were off, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Or a tag team that I had never seen before, like let's say – uh uh, Rex King and Steve Dahl, who went on to become well done in WWF later on, like I guess in 95, 94. Yeah, it was 95, I, yeah. Or 94, 94, you're right. 94. But they started off in Pacific Northwest, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, in Oregon, okay? You know, they'd be, let's say, you know, a team like that would be in the top 10 for the tag teams, and I had never seen them before. All I would have to go on is that total combined weight. And I could reasonably figure if they were big, if they were small, you know what I mean? So it, it, it was useful in those ways too. And this was all pre-internet. You know, and there's people listening now who are 20 years old who are like, <laughs> they were the biggest idiots this in the world, sounds yeah. awful. You know, it's like, but you couldn't really look up. Look, if they didn't have pictures of these guys, you didn't even know what they looked like. So, you know, if you wanted to know anything about them, but, but here's the thing, these guys, then these guys would show up on TV, on TBS or, or WWF, and you'd know a little about them by then yep. because of the magazines. You say, oh, I know these guys. These guys are from Pacific 